is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. It does kind of remind me of like the line art of Picasso. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. Why don't we keep the whole million? Providing insight. This reminds me of uh, Walmart.horse. Commentary. Don't puff your chest out all hot saucily. And conjecture. The Supreme Court has <laughs> roundly rejected prior <laughs> restraint. <laughs> Well, it's the last time. The the final beep was giving you a little stress, I think. Yeah, it was my final countdown. You hesitated. To the beep. Yeah. Big deal. Uh, This is it. Live from Brad's Hot Box. (laughs) Welcome to Gutterballs, episode 118. (laughs) What are we going to do here? I mean... There's not much visually or audioly to talk about, so this is also the final uh, gutter ball. Final send off. The fu- it's the last gutter ball, so to the speak. The last gutter ball. How are we gonna end this thing? We were talking about it's this a little bit frame. before we did our countdown, right? So, uh, you know, we sh- we could play some sticks. I had an idea. We could just play some sticks at the end. Come sail away, you know, because a poop deck, a boat. You're sailing. You're on the ocean. Yeah, that 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 works. And then I had a little idea, too. That we'll we'll put at the end. We'll get back to that one. We'll get back to that. But then, uh, yeah, like we could just stop recording right now and just do a clips episode. Right. Well, I would like to put together some clips. Sure. Which maybe we did, and we like opened it up with the clips, and we don't know. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't That's know. That's the weird problem with this non-linear stuff. Like, we live in a different linearity than our audience, and that creates problems sometimes. But also, it's pretty interesting to think about. It's kind of <laughs> mind-bending. You're, it's only a problem, though, if you're a fucking amateur like if you plan these things out and you know what you're doing it's not a problem you can roll with it and you can seem like in on the joke or you know privy to the new shit but if you're like us yeah you can at least pretend but if you're like us no we have no idea like what our totally 1000 percent smarter future selves have done because we're just our stupid selves from the past right now right but this is kind of like in bill and ted's excellent adventure at the end where they're like well when we get out of jail we'll just go back in time and get the key and put it right under this bush then you look oh the key's there all right that at which point like you can pretty much like do anything they really should remember to actually go do the thing later the sequel should have been all the monotony and drudgery of them actually having to go back and do all that shit you know, that's what I wanted Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure <laughs> 2 to be. Get your cough button. That, that's I can a, hear it. Yeah, that would be a brilliant idea, actually. And like they have their their whole they can have their whole uh, like, yeah, a whole adventure, a whole kind all centers of complications because they'd fuck it up. They have to overcome. They forget kind of to very the back key. to the future, too. Yeah, but that's what they should have done. There was a second Bill and Ted's, right? Wasn't there? Yeah. Bill and, no, there oh, was definitely a second yeah, Bill and Ted's. Bogus Journey. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's only a second, but I think there was. Yeah, it was 
Bill and Bo- Ted go to hell. The bogus journey, right? Bogus journey. And when there were like evil robot Bill and Ted's, or was that the, the first working one? title was Bill and Ted go to hell? They had to change it. That was a little too in your face, or something. I think so. Yeah, the robots were in the second one, I believe. I think so. They were pretty unconvincing. They're not like that robot in China that's maintaining security in public spaces. Well, that's where you don't even try, no, right? No. You don't want that to be anthropomorphic. But what does it have? What did it, I, I called it out. An electron, an electrically charged riot control tool. God only knows. There no more details were giving on, given on the anatomy of this robot's tool. I mean, it's no Ed 209, but still, that language is a little unsettling. Right. Its vagueness, in particular, makes it somewhat specious, if that's accurate. Specious. Speciality. I think that's, like, untrue, isn't it? Specious. Uh, maybe. You're asking the wrong guy I just right meant now. it sounds bad. <laughs> yeah. Sounds bad. Something I don't want to get involved with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but there's like, yeah, so we're talking about this dome robot in China. I call it a dome robot. Well, it does look like a dome. It looks like, kinda a, looks like uh, a dome on wheels. Kind of looks like but it can... one of those Russian dolls that's a doll within a doll within a doll right. within a doll. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's going to keep the peace. It's the real life RoboCop. So we thought in the 80s, RoboCop would look like a guy with a mouth. Like a totally awesome kick-ass guy right but really it's like a russian nesting doll with an electrically charged riot control tool i just kind of picture like r2d2 right how he can kind of like reach out with his little bacon strip and like zap you his little r2 penis yeah did you ever i i always called those things as a kid i thought of them as bacon pieces of bacon Uh, no no that's not something i did <laughs> they looked kind of like a weird angular drawing of a piece of bacon. And to into my young mind somehow. So hang on, angular bacon? Angular bacon. Yeah. So how do you mean like you're looking at it like slightly off perspective a little bit? No, I mean like 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 the angles are very sharp on it. I need to even like look up R two D two now to see what he looks like. Does he even? Well, he's blue and white. Okay, there they are. He's kind of yeah. I don't know why. He's kind of dome like. He kind of looks like a he Russian doll within a doll. And he ha- he does have an uh, electrically charged riot <laughs> control tool. So I mean, he taught that little fucker in Jabba's palace a lesson with that thing. Yeah. What else did he do with that? He zapped the little critter. Did he ever use that? Or was that the only time? Well, I can't really speak for the prequels too much. Well, me neither. I just mean in the real ones. But I'm thinking of the major... Yeah, I, I can't... That might be the most of it. I guess that's what I'm thinking. He, he, zapped, he zapped that little thing, Salacious Crumb. That's its name? That's a Yeah, I don't know name. why I thought of those blue... Oh, it's a pretty what? It's a pretty good name for that fuck. So, yeah, I so guess. From, it's a, maybe it's a little too fancy. Should be called like, say. you know, Wurt or something. Yeah. Glunk. That would fit more with the with the Star Wars naming as we, we discussed earlier. 
Salacious Crumb would be a band member. Exactly. Well, what, yeah. It's definitely the yeah. bass player in the band, Salacious Crumb, you know? It's like, right, okay. Exactly. Ugh, this guy. Bass player. Well, yeah, but the bass player is kind of like lanky. Maybe has some long hair. He's like 10 years older than everybody, so it's just a little uncomfortable. Yeah. He's kind of like, like, if Jar Jar was just the bass player in a band, <laughs> like, that would be okay. Right. He seems kind of like a bass player in a Star Wars band. Not a main character for an entire movie. He's a though. necessary evil. You know, you gotta have a bass player. Nobody yep. likes him. You don't invite him to the hangouts. And if you do, you're hoping he won't come. Yeah, I'm looking at R2 now. I don't know why my young mind thought of those as pieces of bacon. I really can't picture it. Like, I don't know why. Those, like, blue, like, blue bar-type things on the front of him, close to the top on his body. Not on his, like, rotating dome head, but right below it. You're talking about, like, the... The color, color, the, like the rust colorations that are blue, like the the blueness, like the paint job. Well, those actually, those things like open up, like when he gets zapped, they like, like come out, like they're like, they're not just blue paint. But like, if you look at R two from straight on, okay, below his head. But then above those two little, like, vent-type things that are stacked one on top of the other, right between there, there's, like, these strips that go horizontal, these, like, blue, oddly-shapen things. Oh, okay. You're talking about... I thought of those as a kid. I thought of those as bacon. The two blue strips right below the dome. Yes. I thought of those as bacon strips. Not begging strips. No. Not a landing strip either. Just bacon. I shouldn't have said... It was like R2's bacon. I shouldn't have said begging strips. I hear a dog barking now. I know. You got... You Ugh. You awoke the beast. Fucked it up this time, didn't With I? Good ears. Jesus. I can hear through my headphones all the way downstairs. Well, I wasn't sure if it was here or there. Um, bacon. So... If I was hungry, I would be like... I would take my little R2 and I would just like rip off those little bacon strips and eat chew them. on them for a little while sure then i'd put them back but just kind of like suck the grease out of r2's bacon strips so you're saying that the little uh electrical crowd control device that he has is one of those bacon strips that and it pops out like it's hinged and it kind of pops out and then the end of it is a shocker so to speak. Yes. Okay. Now, what about when he accesses the Death Star's mainframe? Does that also pop out in the same way? Because I thought that just kind of like came, like a hatch opened up and then a separate device came out and interfaced. You're right. That happens. I feel like there's a scene. I could be wrong. And I can't think, I can see it in my mind. One of those bacon strip things kind of pops out. No, I think you're right. And it just kind of touches, like it just like kind of it's like like it's almost you know like now how you can like charge a phone just by like touching it, just by putting it on a mat or something. Like it just kind of like touches the side of a computer or something, and he's like, "Oh, okay, 
I don't know about that. Maybe that's in the prequels. I don't think that happened in any of the original three. Yeah, I could have just been inventing the whole thing. I dream of R2's bacon strips. You know what? Um, I can't separate the fact and the fiction of R2's bacon strips. Did you... So did you just Google R2-D2 and spelled like a normal person would spell it and not the stupid way? Did you just Google I, him and click on the first image that came up and you're looking at... It's basically the image from Wikipedia. Um, I was, yeah, I think that's the one I'm looking at. Cause this, now that I'm really examining R2, <laughs> he's making me a little fucking uncomfortable. He's got a little, yeah, like, well, he's got like a genital area. Like he is somewhat humanoid. Like he is anthropomorphized a little bit. He's got a head area, torso area, sure. legs. Like, yeah. I guess he has no arms. Well, those little, his little tools that can come out are kind of like his arms. Maybe, but what's making me uncomfortable is looking at where his genitals should be, and there is actually a round area that looks like something might shoot out of it. And why you would have or, to put that or there. It looks, well, it looks more like a receptacle to me. Maybe it's both, you know? Yeah, I think it's both. I think R2-D2 is... It goes both ways, ACDC. Exactly. Gotcha. ACDC. Makes sense. We allowed to say that? We're totally allowed okay. to say that. I have that. no idea anymore. So, you know, I'm just quoting the Beck song, so it's okay. But that's not where the the uh, proboscis to interface with the Death Star came out of, right? That was higher up, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I really have to. I'm not. I'm not I was not. I did not do the proper research for this. Well, I wasn't like, I, ready for this either. Yeah, I can't say exactly where that comes from. This, so what kind of a Star Wars fan am yeah, I? Yeah, this is why we didn't do a Star kinda, Wars podcast. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, talk about the dynamics, the fluid dynamics involved in putting Cremora into a white Russian. We can handle that. We can handle that. Make a slurry. But, we got that. But which little hatch does his tool come out of to talk to the Death Star? Un unclear so angular bacon but you're totally right the more i look at those angular bacons it's like yeah they they kind of pop out on a hinge well if you're looking at this wikia image and look at it full size it's actually pretty huge and you can clearly see it's detailed enough that there, oh, there yeah. are hinges. oh shit yeah yeah you're right they have hinges they're gonna call yeah they just open right yep. up open right up just open them up like regular hinges just like regular bacon doors. Yep. I do see that. And, you know, i got to say, nice weathering. You know, carbon scoring and whatnot on him. Yeah. Top-notch job. Well, they get the best artists for all this shit, you know? They do. Sure do. Did you see the video of the visual effects artist who worked on Rogue One watching a video of fans reaction to them watching the trailer for rogue one <laughs> i did see that the reaction to the reaction yeah. which is very cool i thought it was awesome so cool so cool so have they made the reaction to the reaction to the reaction yet? i don't oh. know i think it's uh, they, they're playing with some dark forces here yeah when they start once that. you start down that path but i think it's a market ripe for the plucking well, no, yeah, well, that was a big uh, YouTube brouhaha. 
Now, brouhaha sounds kind of like a fight or a, like it. It was a little bit of a fight. Like why? And I can't. I'm gonna really fuck up this story. Probably, like it matters at this point. It's the someone, last episode. It's the last episode. Who cares? Who gives a shit? You can you can write your complaints to. <laughs> Gutterballs says, Nowhere. fuck you at <laughs> fuck off dot fuck. How's that? That's good. Good. But there was like uh, one of these channels. It was like a react channel. I don't think you thought that was good. It was a channel of reactions. And like they have like the, oh, here's my reaction to like watching the Star Wars trailer. Here's my reaction to seeing you know two girls one those kind of things when they also have like teenagers react to x right like oh look here's mario brothers like x wings no just x meaning variable that could stand yeah. in for anything okay right like oh let's show like a 15 year old mario brothers here play this and their you know and their reaction of like what the fuck is this Talking about, I've never seen anything like this before. Talking about you know? Super Mario Brothers with the green tubes, like that. I was thinking Super Mario Brothers that came with the NES in my mind when I said it. Wasn't that with the green tubes and you, you know, you move left well, to right? I was thinking when you, if you emphasize the green tubes, I think of just uh, the original Mario Brothers game. That was more kind of like. It was just like a single screen, like Donkey Kong or Pac-Man. Oh, no, I, I'm completely unfamiliar with that one. I, th yeah. I think I played it in the arcade one time. Not even, I should clarify, at the grocery store that had that. I don't, I'm right. not sure, at this point, I'm not sure if it was Super Mario Brothers or Mario Brothers, and I put the damn quarter in. And like slammed around on the joystick and was like, I don't have any idea what the fuck I'm looking at and didn't play it again. Right. But I did play Super Mario Brothers on the NES. Yeah. A lot. Who didn't? Right. If you're 40, you, you did that. <laughs> if you're 15, you're like, I don't understand what I'm looking at. I'm just slamming on this joystick randomly. So it's, it's. And looking at the pretty blocks. Is it reactions to them watching somebody else play it or reactions to them actually playing it? No, it's like their reactions. To to them. So that's a whole other genre. The teenagers react. But are they watching somebody else play it? Or are they playing it? Or are they playing it? I think I, I'm just going to guess that they're playing it, man. Hmm. And they're like, this you is know, stupid? I'm not or? the detail guy. Are they good at it, though, generally? Well, some or? people might be like, well, this is really stupid, right? Or whatever. That's the whole point, right? This, sure. This, like, what, what are they going to think of this? Because they've never played, like, to them, like, the Xbox 360 is like, yeah, I was too young. I never played that. So what are they going to think of, you know, Super Mario Brothers? Well, why don't you have them play some, like, Missile Command or Space Invaders? Because the people making the videos don't even go back that far. Jesus. Somebody tweeted today. How about that? Go ahead. Sorry. No, you no, you go. Well, are you going to forget? I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> don't care. It doesn't matter. Good. Glad you were going to say <laughs> the last it. Last episode. Um, no, somebody tweeted today this gallery of original artwork for Atari, like 26 and whatever, 7,800 games. 
the original Atari shit. And the covers for those games, the artwork was so elaborate and like it was just filled with dreams. You would look right. at it and just imagine like Missile Command. You know, there's this dude and there's this giant missile and it's firing off and the detail was staggering and you just felt like you were going to jump into this amazing world. And then you put it in and it's like four pixels moving around. <laughs> and somehow right. you were still pretty fucking entertained by that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I always thought like, okay, like I would look at the artwork and then be like, oh, like this is, it was kind of like, this is what you might be able to imagine while you play this. Mm-hmm. Like, like you, you almost needed that. It was right. like the cut of the, the, just the box artwork was like the equivalent of a cut scene I, for those old games. Right. It was like, oh, this kind of sets the mood for the, for the random pixels flashing on the screen I'm about to look at. And I think I would like put, I mean, you could see the cartridge sticking up out of the console. But I think I would put the box up there sometimes so I could kind of look at it and be like, yeah, that dude's firing these missiles down, but I'm going to get them before they get me. And it, it really did help with the world building, I think. Good point, man. Yeah, the uh, artwork for... Uh, so there was an Atari cartridge for basic programming. <laughs> okay. So you could like buy like a keyboard for your console and then put this cartridge in and you could like type in, you know, you remember basic like 10 print, hello, Mm -hmm. 20, go to 10, right? You could do programming, like the artwork on that. It looked like, I feel it would look like Captain Kirk. Like they were definitely trying to steal like (laughs) William Shatner's 70s machismo here for this. But he's like, I don't know, like at some giant console of blinking lights like one hand is like up on something up like onto the right wall next to him the other hand is for like it was like i don't know such an interesting vision of programming like you're flying a some sort of giant starship that's kind of cool though really you're typing 10 print (laughs) hello 20 go to 10 and then i was just amazed it just Oh, just said hello. And back then the computer was so slow, like you could see it happening, like hello, 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 hello. And they'd have to do that maybe twenty times before it like went off the screen. Huh. It was high entertainment. I don't know if you listen to ninety nine percent invisible, but Yeah. I had a TI ninety nine four A. Cool. I don't really know what that means. Neither do I. Okay, cool. But, it's not important. 99% invisible. Well, the first, this was like a World's Fair or something, and they had this giant-ass machine, which is more like the size of a room, you know. But it was like a, two keyboards and two foot switches. These people would learn how to operate it, and just by modulating the pitch, they could make it talk a little bit. But it was really more like playing an instrument, but they could make it say words, like, really convincingly, and they had to practice for a year to get it right. And I feel like that was probably the birth of AI, or at least the fascination with 
the idea that you could interact with a machine on like maybe an emotionally intimate level. Right, right. And people were just fucking blown away by it. Yeah, I bet. Like, the machine's talking! It's like Peter Frampton, you know? Don't you feel? Yeah. Well, I remember on the Apple II, there were programs that would do that with the disk drive. Hmm. It was like a crazy hack, because, like, you know, as it wrote to the disk, it would make all the crazy sounds. Mm-hmm. Of the heads riding. New shit was happening. And like someone wrote uh, a program. And I remember because you'd have to like using the Apple II at school, you'd have to sit there for a whole class period typing in the program. And then when you're done, you run it. But the disk drive would like talk. It would say things because it manipulated it in such a way to actually like turn it into speech. Is that, is Thurston on my end or your end right now? I can't tell. Thurston is on my end. I'm sorry, man. No, no, I just, I wasn't sure. He's a fucking persistent motherfucker. (laughs) Is that big Thurston or little Thurston? That's the biggest Thurston of all. Okay. What do you think big Thurston's barking at? He is just barking because... He's living life. Yeah, he, well, yeah, so he doesn't, like, come up the steps anymore, because he's just too big. That's a lot of work when you're that massive. It is. It is. I get it. I don't like going up and down steps. Yeah, so, but, so, if Christine and I are upstairs, though, he'll just stand at the bottom of the stairs and bark. Wait, Christine? Christine, my wife, you may know. Oh, shit, yeah. Gotcha. So wait, he'll stand at the bottom of the steps and bark? He'll just stand at the bottom steps and bark until one of us comes down. He doesn't want to be left alone. Please love me. Yeah, pretty much. We (laughs) have to give him, uh, we drug him with drugs at night to put him to sleep so he doesn't just stand at the bottom and bark all night. Hey, the occasional acid flashback. Nothing wrong with that. He's, you know, having fun. Gotta keep his mind limber. It's either that or I don't even know what, right? Like, just go crazy with the fact that a dog barks all night. So, you know, we'd have to just end up, I, I don't even know what we would do. We would just go crazy and you would, do something bad. You would say he bit one of your kids and you'd have to euthanize him, basically. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, hey, he just has to, yeah. We just give him some drugs. Hey, man. We hot Ca- box him. Caffeine's a drug. Nicotine's a drug. You know? But as you know, we started a little earlier today, so the meds haven't kicked in yet, I guess. Gotcha. Gotcha. But uh, I think Christine's on the case because the barking has stopped. Well, that's all right. So way to go, Christine. Thank you. What? You'll hear this in a week <laughs> or two. Maybe. We'll see. It's, I'm probably not even recording. I have no idea. What was your favorite Atari game? E.T. the Extraterrestrial. <gasps> Extraterrestrial. I I had and that that's one. Not, I didn't. I actually, yeah. I I'm actually only saying that because. It's the only one you can remember. It's notoriously for being bad. I don't remember liking but, that you know, one at all. Being a like second grader or whatever, like I didn't know the difference between a bad game. It was still just a game. It made colors appear on screen. You did stuff. Yeah, you could m- manipulate the colors on screen. 
That was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, but people no, it's not a have good actually game. fixed the game. Have they really? Like, they reverse, they yeah, they, like, reverse compiled it. Like, pretty much you can take, because, you know, you can download these ROMs now right. that are, in essence, the contents of the cartridges, and there's, like, an emulator that will actually run and play them. And they're, like, 72K total. Oh, they're not even that big. <laughs> not even that big. They're, like, 4K. Jesus. Yeah, they used every single bit. And so, in essence, what they, someone did was, like, okay, so when here's a programmer what you do. was a programmer, Brad. No, for fucking real. Well, it's back when a single guy would make a game. Fucking A. It would be like, Jim, go into this room and make an E.T. game. You have two months. Right. Because we have to hit the holiday we'll season. We'll see you on the other end. what happened with E.T. Because the guy that did it made all these amazing games that are loved, but he, he in essence, was just fucked because they're like, you have two months to make this game. Come up with an idea, program it, and, you know, test it and send it out. You got two months total. Now... As you may or may not know, I'm not a computer scientist. Did he have to, like, develop the graphics? Was that part of his programming directive? I want to say Probably, yes. right? Yeah. But, I mean, it was only, like... Like, 12 pixels or something. Yeah, like, 24 by... Probably, like, 24 by 20 pixels. 24 by 40, maybe, at the most. Pixels. Fucking insane. Like, that's all you had. You had, in essence, what today is like two letters on your screen. Now, think about that, though. The entire game took place within that. And you that. had to make something that resembled E.T. within that world. <laughs> yeah. and You could pick four colors <laughs> at a time. That was it. You could use more than four colors, just not all at the same time. It was like, at any given time, here are the colors we're using. I remember there was some yeah. purple in that game. And E.T. looked... Yeah, there was probably a total of, like, 16 colors you could it could produce. And E.T. looked... But again, it couldn't put them all on the screen at once. Marginally like E.T., like, yeah, I got it. And he even had, like, a little glowing belly, I think. Something, like a pixel in there. But I remember the game being, like, not knowing how to advance through it at all. Like, what am I supposed to be doing? Yes, that was a big complaint. That the game was somewhat unplayable. But I don't, like, I just remember that vague impression. And that you would randomly just die. Right. So do you remember more than that? Like, why? Because you apparently really enjoyed it. <laughs> I remember E.T. E getting in his ship Sisyphean and kind of going up. I can ethos, remember that. But you don't remember any of the actual, like, gameplay. See? Not too much. No, I mean, I was so young. It's not like, and I don't think it's like a game that I played, like, later on. Like, later, like, in college when I was like, oh, cool, let's get the Atari out and play that again. Like, Joust, motherfucker. that's really what I think I remember mostly. Yeah. Oh, Joust, yeah. Joust I never had on Atari. I had that on the NES, though. Oh, well, it's probably that's way better. That's when I really got my Joust on. Prepare to Joust, buzzard bait. Mm -hmm. I obviously, as listeners of this podcast will know, I really enjoyed Mountain King. Um, Missile Command, clearly. I remember getting Enduro, and that was like, it seemed at the time to be a quantum leap forward in graphics. It was a... Enduro? Yeah, it was a driving game. Okay. And you you could choose different... 
I'm pretty sure you could choose different courses, like the desert course. Maybe there were only two. I don't know. But you would be driving. You'd have to pass people, you know, and you could control your speed, obviously, and steer. But, like, it would go and it would start at sunrise, and then the sun would traverse through the day. And, you know, if you were good, like, you could get to nighttime through fog, and then it was pitch black, and you had headlights, and you could only see the taillights of the approaching cars. I remember that was like, whoa, holy shit, this is awesome. It's like, you know, enduro. I'm enduring because I've been driving all day. I started at sunrise, and now it's nighttime. And then you could, like, go through another day, and you were like, holy fuck, I've been driving two days. I'm amazing. I'm enduroing. Now it's pretty great. But, you know, for the time, the graphics were kind of awesome. Enduro. Um, obviously, Space Invaders. One of the classics. Uh, shit, Asteroid. Did you play Asteroid? <sighs> what did you play? You had this console. Did you play anything? Asteroid... I played, I remember playing Asteroid in the arcade. What a nerve-wracking game. Yes. Jesus. Missile Command 2, but... Well, Space Invaders 2, I think, like... I mean, all of them, really. It was just kind of like, quick, hit the button before the square moves. Like, like, (laughs) it was really made to be, as in, like, yeah. I remember Missile Command, like, I played that a lot, and I got... You know, I'm probably, like, stupidly amateurish when I think back on it, but I thought I was doing pretty great. And I got to, like, the camo green and beige screen, and it's like, oh, fuck, this is where it really goes shitty. And there's also, like, a white and bright orange screen or something. I don't remember which was worse. They're just trying to burn your eyes out. Right. And but it's Like, that's just the whole their strategy. There would be, like... 10 or 12 missiles that would come from the top in under two seconds and just all hit you. And they were just like, fuck you. Bam. And there's just, I can't imagine there being a way to blow up all those missiles. Even like, you know, Tommy wouldn't be able to do it. Even though he's deaf, dumb, and blind, he wouldn't even be able to get all those missiles. There's just no way. Because they'd all just come down like, streaks you're dead yeah well you know it's one of those things where it really tests <coughs> you know your commitment to the lifestyle <laughs> i think it tests like your you th- anxiety disorders well it does that too yeah but, you know but like you think you're a nerd you think you stay in all day playing video games you do not but you don't realize just how amateurish you are. Just how deep this goes. The depths of the depravity. Right. You know, that there's a 27-year-old guy living in his mom's basement really fucking working on beating this thing. Meanwhile, is there an end to Missile Command? Or does it just keep going in perpetuity? I... Well, I don't know. I think a lot of those games do just go in perpetuity. Uh. Some of them famously, like, just glitch out eventually because, like, they run out of memory or whatever. Mm. Like, if you ever saw that movie, The King of Kong? Nope. 
by the professional Donkey Kong players. So that just keeps going and going. What the barrels come more faster and more furiously. Yeah, it goes and goes, and then at a certain point, in essence, you just it just glitches out. So that's beating the game, then. Yeah, that's in essence beating the game if you can if you can get there that far. And granted, to get that far, like you you know, it requires those type of superhuman feats. Oh, boy, it's like coin snatching. You know, it's a very particular set of skills. Coin snatching. Yeah, coin snatching. You said everybody was doing it back in the day. Well, yeah, I knew what you meant. I was just trying to set it up for the the listener. I was trying to play like straight man. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Don't bother. Yeah, yeah you, who the fuck cares? Who, who fucking cares? You put the coins on your elbow. You put your arm. You know, you put your hand back by your ear so that your forearm is parallel to the ground, and you put a bunch of coins on your elbow and then you try to snap over and catch them all with your hand. Now, I don't think I ever told you cuz Roderick on the line was talking about this and I was like, "Holy fuck." But apparently it's a thing a lot of people were doing. So how do you do it? Does the coin fall? Well, as you move your hand, like you have to start moving your hand forward well, and then the coin falls and you have to snatch it. Well, gravity, there... dude, of course it's going to fall a little bit. So but just a little bit. Well, you, that's why How you go. You that's why it's snatching and not, you know, right. sashaying. So I'm doing it right now. Yeah, I have a coin on my elbow. Well, one here. coin. Okay, but fine. So it should be fairly easy for me to snatch it. Well, sure. Well, unless it sticks to your elbow. Were you listening to my story, dude? I think I was too busy uh, visualizing my elbow. Well, you put your hand by your ear, right? And your palm is facing up. Yes. Right? And you get your forearm, the bottom of your forearm, basically, is facing the ceiling. I'm going to, I was going to try it here in the hot box, but. Yeah, and then you put. I don't think there's enough room in my hot box. No. And you got to be careful ricocheting, see? Because you dropped it. I heard it. And yeah, you, I can't. I'm I'm just too afraid in this hot box to really move quick enough to even try to do it. I think you'll destroy the hot box if you go too deep into <laughs> I, this. I might. Yeah, then you just you flip your hand around, try to grab it. So of course it's gonna fall a little bit. You know you're fucking gravity, dude. But anyway, my brother and I, his name's David. You might know him. Used to do this fucking all the time, but we only knew about it. Because apparently there was an episode of Happy Days where the Fonz was doing it or something. Okay. I never saw that. We only knew about it because we had the Guinness Book of World Records from some douchebag over in the UK. And, like, there's this picture of him. So, you know, it's a 1,200-page volume. There's not pictures for every Guinness Book of World Record that's in there. But he had a picture. It was like coin snatching, so and so like snatched thirty nine pennies balanced on his elbow. But the picture, like they're all like askance to the side. He hasn't even really started his snatch too much, and the whole stack of pennies is kind of like precariously leaning, all tower of peacefully off to the side. It's like, well, you're already shitting it up. So we would we spent forever just practicing and practicing and practicing. I remember I got up to 38, and I could do 38 consistently. Bam, bam, bam. I would just catch him. And, you know, what's weird is 
when I would catch them, like they're facing up, you would think like the pennies would, like the stack of pennies would be in line with your fingers that way. Mm-hmm, but instead, mm-hmm. it somehow, somehow it turns so that they're actually perpendicular to your fingers. Interesting. Yeah. So, and that was about as big as my hand was back then, 38. But I knew the record was 39. Like, you know, half the time the coins go everywhere. Just all over. And then you gotta, like, pick up the fucking pennies from everywhere under the bed. Right. Everywhere. I stacked 45 pennies on there. And... Caught him, and you listen for the telltale sign. You know, that sound of ting, 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 which we just heard from you not too long ago. Yes. And I didn't hear anything, and I'm like, holy fuck, I just did it. I beat the record. I looked at my hand, there they are. No sound of pennies smashing around. I'm like, yes! I hope you caught it on VHS. I wasn't recording, but I looked at my elbow... And the bottom penny had stuck to my skin. Ah. I'm like, fuck. Does that count? You know? It's not pure. It's not pure. No, it's far from pure. So then, after that, meanwhile, I beat that guy's record. At least in my mind, I beat that guy's record. Meanwhile, after that, every time I practice, I would rip off a tiny little piece of toilet paper and put it on my elbow and <laughs> stack the pennies on top of that. I said, I thought you were going to say you rip off a little piece of skin. <laughs> but how would that help? Oh, the blood acts as a lubricant. Yeah. Jesus. The blood would actually just stick the penny right there. But you don't. Maybe that's a way to cheat. But you don't want the penny to stick. You want it to come off. If you got it just right, you could slow the way the pennies came up your elbow, aiding in your capture. Maybe. If you just, you know, rip off a little penny-shaped piece of skin. Would you keep the skin there, and then the skin would just be resting on the blood patch, and then the skin you would come the... off as you snatched? Oh, I see what you're or saying. Or would you eliminate the piece of skin and throw it away, and you would just set the pennies on the little blood I would set the skin away, but I would keep it to put it back on later when I was done. And just put a... Kind of cover it up the hole. And just put some tape on it or something. Yeah, some tape. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. I thought the toilet paper might... That's probably a better plan. Better. Let me get blood on my carpet. You know, the MPAA are (laughs) kind of bastards. Not to change the subject or anything, but the the MB MPAA. Oh, the MPAA motion. Well, yeah. yeah, we can talk about them. Sure, we can. That's a big part of this minute. <laughs> yeah, it's most of it. We don't have too much in this minute. <laughs> not much. Uh, well, one. Let's let okay. Back first up. of all, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. It's twelve seconds. Right. It's not a minute. Right. We really only have twelve seconds. It's one-fifth of, of a minute. It's 20% of a minute. I hear you churning away at the math. I'm pretty sure it's correct. <coughs> well, no, I think you're right. I'm surprised it works so well. Mm-hmm. 20%. 20%. I'll be on a beach, 
earning 20%. He died this year, too. Boy, rough year for death who, so who, far. Who is that? Brad, Jesus, Lord. Was that uh, Gary Glenn Ross? The Prince, man. Godfather? He was on a beach earning 20%? Dude, it's Alan Rickman that- in Die Hard. Hans Gruber. Okay, Han, Hans Gruber, yes. Oh, don't say Hans Gruber. Alan like, Rickman is Hans Gruber, okay. The, why would you say Hans Gruber what you, is in Die Hard. I'm starting oh to get the hang goodness. of this. You know, you promised me over a year ago that you would watch that fucking movie. Yeah, I know, I fucked up. You said you would read the textbook, didn't do that. You haven't watched Die Hard. You've probably never seen Back to the Future. <laughs> Back to the Future. You've never seen I the Godfather see. movies. I saw that on on cable once. FX probably with commercials. Well, I think the commercials added a certain charm. And they cut out the scene. Probably, I'm guessing, where Marty fucks his mom. Um, no, they included that in. It was FX. Oh, right. Shit, must have been on a little later at night. Full frontal, whole thing. Yeah, nice, nice. Hans Gruber, Brad. Hans Gruber. Alan Rickman. Hans Gruber. Yeah. Yes. That's about right. We'll be on a beach earning 20%. Sounds like sounds like something I'd like to watch. It's a good movie. Sounds like a good movie. And I'm going to say it should be right up your alley because they have the uh, hard squib. What'd you call it? Hard R, I forget what I called it. That was great. But yeah, like like the hard R blood squib work. Yeah, hard, hard R, R squib work. Blood yeah. squib work. That they don't do anymore. Yeah, they don't do that. Like in the 80s, it was like someone got hit with a machine gun. Pieces of them were flying. Pieces of them were just flying off huge, like Chunks. liters of blood were shooting out their back and out through their chest but not just the blood like i'll still see some blood these days but chunks like stuff that like one chunk you could probably you know snatch out of the air like pennies off your elbow and put it on the grill and that's your dinner like chunks coming off right yeah they don't do the chunks anymore like in a zombie flick and they're shooting them in the head or something you'll see some blood fly out but man these like chunks of like bodies breaking apart and kind of disintegrating. Right. They don't do that. Yeah, well, just, in essence, being just, yeah. It's like completely mutilated with bullets. Right. RoboCop does it. Yeah. Die Hard do it. Zorak do it, you know? Yeah, and they just don't, I mean, like, like, case in point, like, RoboCop, uh... Where do you see? They remade RoboCop in 2014. Shit, I just saw that. I... I remember seeing the previews for it back in the day, the day yeah, being two I, years ago, and then I totally forgot about it. Gary, but it was rate it was rated PG thirteen. Stop though. it! How can RoboCop be? That's how they do these movies oh. nowadays. It's like, oh well, you know, kids are going to want to go see RoboCop and buy the RoboCop soda afterwards. Like that's how they make their money. It's all. It's not like like back then they still did it. There was still a RoboCop. Yeah, in all in my searching for RoboCop stuff after last week, there's a RoboCop like kid Saturday morning cartoon show that I actually watched several episodes of. Right, or like a Burger King fun meal RoboCop themed, you know? Right, you're coming with me. Yeah, here it is. Bob Morton's knees getting shot out. 
You know, you press the button and like, yeah, the little like you pour ketchup in and press the button and like the knees explode with quote unquote blood as he crumples on next to his sofa. You know, in March for St. Patty's Day, they'd have the toxic waste shake. Yes, yeah, slurp it down. They don't do it. So no. like here's email like at, coming out of the vat of toxic waste and exploding onto a car windshield. Yeah, and we just scoop it up and put it in your cup and there's your shamrock shake. So movies these days that have that level of I guess we'll call it gore are slasher films like horror movies. Not just straight up like yeah. action. These were just action Predator, even Predator is pretty fucked up. You know? No, it was. There well there was a, this place in the eighties for this kind of what I'll call like sci fi action Aliens that was like hardcore. Now it's like, oh, it's sci fi action. It's like Star Wars. It's like there's a display in Target for it. Get the happy meal. Right. But I guess like we just said, like they still did that shit back then. So Terminator. What is it? Yeah, Terminator. I don't think Terminator 2. Terminator 2 kind of started the trip because yeah. it had the kid in it and, and he told the kid, told Terminator, can't kill people. Right. So he just shot everyone in the knees for the rest of the movie. And it wasn't too, there weren't chunks necessarily. Yeah. There was some, still some hardcore shit in there. Like, was there? When the T1000, uh, that's the liquid metal one, stabs the woman with the milk. Yes, that's what I'm going to say, his foster mom, yeah. And do you know who that is, I think? No, I don't know. I think it's Vasquez from Aliens. You've probably never seen Aliens. I've kind of seen Aliens. Oh, man. I've seen Alien, and I've seen Alien Cubed. The deeply flawed David Fincher Alien movie? Yeah, that is her. Vasquez from Aliens. It is. I wouldn't have guessed that because they look very different. Well, we can't really discuss her, but needless to say, she's fucking awesome. So you had two, like, strong, incredible female characters in that sci-fi action movie in 1987, which I think is pretty damn cool. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, But even that scene where... You know, his fingers turn into the sword and it goes through the milk and he's stabbed her in the throat or the face or the head or whatever. Like, it's disturbing, but it's not gory, really. Um, maybe. Yeah, it's it's not like there's there's no chunks in that. There's some there's no chunks, milk, but, but it's still like what's well, disturbing, but it's not gory. Yeah. It's still pushing. I feel like today you wouldn't even see that in a movie. Maybe. Well. Like, like you wouldn't see The Force Awakens or Captain America or something and be like, oh, yeah, someone just got impaled through their open mouth out the back of their head. But Like Game of Thrones, you'd see that shit, I guess. Right, you'd see it, which is crazy to think that TV has now, like, taken the torch on pushing the envelope of horrible things to see. But what was I thinking of? Just watch something. Oh, you know, Jessica Jones had some, but again, that's kind of TV. It's Netflix, yeah. but yeah. Huh. Yeah, because the guy falls on the, um, well, I don't want to ruin too much, but anyway. 
some guy falls on garden shears right through his face, which is pretty disgusting. Yes. Like, ah, it was. Yeah, that was a little tough. It was a little tough, but maybe we've just been, you know, nanny stated too much. We've since been, the 80s. Uh, we've been undesensitized. We've been un- to the- de desensitized, perhaps. Yeah. There is the in Terminator 2, there's also the scene where there's kind of like the uh, fat, bumbling security guard. Yeah. And he like runs into himself. Yeah. Quote unquote. Right. And then they're like playing the little game and then he just goes like with his finger. Right through his eye or something, right? Yeah, right through his eye. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty bad. But again, it's not. But like again, it's no. Slow mo knees like. Just getting torn to yeah. pieces. Yeah, like shooting off someone's hand just, with a shotgun. Right, just seeing it. Boom. Yeah. Yeah, so that scene where Alex Murphy is getting shot up. Just the expression on his fucking face. like Yeah, I, it, that activates my robot getting hurt <laughs> sensibility, even though he's not he's a robot. He's not a robot yet. I think, and again, going back to that, it has something to do with, um, it's okay to psychologically torture robots like that in movies, because they're not human. But he's... Only Parvel, Parvel, Paul Verhoeven in this movie, which you already discussed, is kind of like out there with the gore and sadism. Like, they're actually like, yeah, we're actually going to treat a human being this way. Like, slowly kill him, slowly blast off different body parts until he eventually dies. And that doesn't trouble you until you think about the fact that later he becomes a robot? No, no, it has nothing to do with the robot. Okay, but you just it said just it, really, I remember it activates your like, robot sympathy. Yes, what I would call my robot sympathy. <laughs> what I mean by that is that feeling that I have, that I have for robots that I don't necessarily feel for humans, but I do in this case. Because you feel or, that robots are somewhat helpless? It's like torturing an animal or something? I, I think if there are other movies, yes, it's like torturing an animal, yes. And I think if there's other movies where hu- uh, that I've seen where humans might get tortured that way, I would feel the same way. It's just, there's an abundance of robots. And even in, like, fun PG-type movies. The Phantom like, Menace. oh, it's Short Circuit 2. And they're fucking crowbarring the guy to death, the robot to death. And he's like, no, please don't. Like, it's fucking horrible, no, right? Like, yeah. Uh, so that that was just a, what as I was revisiting RoboCop. I was thinking about that. Although at the end, okay, robot sympathy activation in RoboCop. One, before he's even a robot, it happens. When he's trying to leave the OCP headquarters. And he's and freaking he's out, of, right? He's kind of chained up and he's lurching around yeah. yes that's he's horrible just, yeah he's kind of walking like a lurch and then he gets outside and all the cops are there and they all start shooting him oh no that's not what i was thinking of i was thinking of earlier on like towards the beginning he's in his chair and like he's having the oh. flashbacks yeah like i can't tell if it's bad acting or great acting but the expression is so like over the top like his mouth is open and like he's like twitching and lurching in the chair Ugh! yeah and there's a flashback oh and he's like horrified like that kind of gets me yeah even though i think it may be bad acting i'm not sure no it's not bad acting it's great acting it's it's they created an amazing 
world here of this cyborg. It's it's yeah. I forgot the that human, the cops, the new flesh, the cops shoot him. Yeah, the cops all start shooting him, and he's not like shooting back. They're cops, right? So he's just trying to like limp away right. as they're just like shooting him and shooting and he's him. He's just like crawling running, down like, and dropping through the different decks of the parking garage. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Murphy gets so, him, I think. Yeah, then Mur- not Murphy, uh, Lewis. Oh wait, oh he's Murphy. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then then at the end he's fighting he has the girders all fell on top of him. And he gets stabbed through the chest by Clarence Bodiger. And he's like, Oh Yeah, that's messed up. Doesn't he pull it out himself? At some point he must like in essence, oh, I'm thinking of Terminator now. No, Clarence might pull it out, and then he's going to give him the final death blow. I think maybe like into the head or something, and that's when Murphy hits him with the, the giant like 12 inch spike that's his like R2D2 computer <laughs> connection. See, I didn't actually finish RoboCop the most recent time I watched it. Yeah, I, you got to yeah, finish I need it up. To get through the end of it. Um. Meanwhile, have you ever seen a nerdier arch villain than Clarence Boddicker with his fucking glasses and receding hairline? Like those are those look like my glasses circa nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, I guess there's something to it, but I don't know. At the same time, though, he plays it well. Like he's a sadistic. He is a sadistic, menacing fuck. fucker. Yeah. Well, give the man a hand. Ugh, give the man a hand. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. Horrible. It's horrible. So, here I I don't want to lose this. What and that shit like aired on like primetime television. I remember watching the movie like ABC Movie of the Week. Robocop. Well, sure it did. And another good one from that era, Total Recall. Like that had some horrible shit in it too. Another Paul Verhoeven movie. Oh, we did that one too. Shit. Yeah. Huh. He was just living it up back in the late he was 80s. living up the like grotesque sci-fi action like when arnold has to yank the sensor out of his nose right terrible when his eyes are popping out obviously very gross stuff happening three-breasted woman though that's not gross no. that's 50 percent more breast not a bad percentage if you ask me but what's the equivalent today of those kinds of movies like the there, the equivalent of RoboCop that would come out today would be like Fast and the Furious, right? I don't think there's an equivalent. They don't make movies like that anymore. Interstellar? Like what is it? Crank is like the closest thing. That's why I fucking love that movie. Drive, but there's no sci-fi element to that. Right. No, you're right. Well, there was they're all B-movies now. Like, we've just moved on from that? But how about, okay, it doesn't have to be like that, it doesn't have to be sci-fi, but what's a movie that has, like, you know, what is it, hard R blood squib work in it, in this day and age? Besides a horror movie, which even then, not crazy. Yeah, I can't think of one. I think, again, that style of movie has just gone out of favor, and I think overall... 
the diversity of movies being made is much smaller now than it was in the 80s. Interesting. And that's part of it also. Even though there's like, more of them now. Fascinating. I don't know if there's more or not. Well, there's more movies now in There's general. more movies, period, because, yeah, the, te- the technology is more readily more available. more accessible. But, you know, you can do it. But the it. money's not there. Like, it's, it's well, the there's money a lot is, less experimentation. There's a lot less money being spent. There's there's you know. more money. Let's face it. There's more money being spent, but there's more money being spent on fewer movies. Because yeah. Well, it's all being funneled into, the Avengers like, the Avengers has a, and The Force Awakens. Right, has a $200 million budget or whatever, which 20 years ago seemed like you, you'd get laughed out of town for that. Like, you know, unless you were making... I was going to say The Godfather, but instead in this context, I'll just say, unless you were making a movie that was really, really good, since I don't think mm-hmm. you would understand The Godfather reference, you know, it would just seem pointless. But now any movie, like any Furious or Fast movie, any Star Wars movie, any, let's face it, any Marvel movie is going to cost at least 100 mil and probably 200 mil between those two amounts to make, but it'll make four to five times that much. Right, no, yeah. And there's just no room for the the other shit. There's no room for a RoboCop that's, like, super bloody, has kind of like a political satire at its core. Like, there's just no room for it. It's just like, you can get Ant-Man. World War Z. I love Ant-Man. I didn't see it. What about World War Z? World War Z, okay. Maybe. And not a good movie, really. No. But... (laughs) I mean, it does have kind of like a disturbing element to it. Sure. Some blood. But I don't remember anything too terrible. But it's not like RoboCop, where it's like... Something different about it. Like, RoboCop is just like people fucking hacking at each other. Well, and with some of that, like you said, the political satire... And like that commentary that he's doing, so there's there's that contrast. Yeah. Well, I think like you mentioned before, zombies like Walking Dead. Like I think this because a lot of this talent has moved because that's where the money has moved to television. Like with with movies, you're either doing something super low budget or super high budget nowadays. Right. The middle ground, unless you're the Coen Brothers, somehow. Yeah, there's maybe a handful of people, and the Coen brothers are able to do it because, well, one, but also because they came up. Is there, like, a new Coen brothers? I don't know. I guess we'll have to see how the farting Daniel Radcliffe corpse movie goes. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Did you see the trailer for that? It's pretty amazing. I did not. Let's put a link to it in the show notes. No, I have not seen the trailer for it. I just, I mean, I've seen at least two weekends at bernie so i don't know that i need to see that but maybe they're gonna really no they're gonna surprise riff you. on the theme in a new and surprising way they they 100 percent will you seem pretty convinced i'm pretty convinced well it's a love it or hate it movie how do you know you haven't seen it well it showed at sundance Half the people walked out like five minutes in. People that stayed said it was like one of the best movies they've seen in years. Kind of like Starship Troopers. You got to give it a chance. Yeah, maybe. 
I'm not really saying that. It it may be everything that you said it was. <laughs> well, I mean, I <coughs> Starship Troopers. Yes, it's interesting to watch as a parody. But I made the point to you. I thought of it a couple days after we had the discussion. I'll bring it up now. You know, in RoboCop, you had Alex Murphy, the humanizing element, the grounded element, the center of the story. Starship Troopers does not have its Alex Murphy. Oh, wait. It just has. Alex Murphy is RoboCop. See, I had this so confused. I thought you meant um, his female counterpart was Alex Murphy because I'm stupid. Okay, right. Because he he is literally living at the intersection of humanity and technology, and he has to deal with all of that. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Like, I thought you were just saying, what's what's his partner's name? Lewis. Lewis. I thought you were saying Lewis was the grounding element, and I was like, "Um, okay, I guess, I guess. But no, you're saying RoboCop himself is the grounding element. Yes. That makes so much more sense. I thought it made sense before. Like, okay, but no, that makes total sense. Right. Yeah, but Starship Troopers doesn't have that. It's like if you made RoboCop, but without RoboCop, and it was just a movie about Clarence Boddicker killing everyone, and they had satirical commercials in it, you might be like, oh, that was an interesting kind of, like, statement. Hmm. But it... I don't know. People might not get it. People might think, oh, it's a movie about the hero, Clarence Boddicker, well, killing people. Well, people didn't get it. They get in his way. Well, I guess people so, got RoboCop, right? There was no... Yeah. People got that. People didn't get Starship Troopers, because they made a Starship Troopers 2 that really was just apparently, let's kill everything, without any yeah. of the redeeming satire. If there's such a thing right. as redeeming satire, I guess there is. No, there is. Yeah. No. You're exactly right. But yeah, that had, and I'm such a slave to IMDb, like, ratings, but Starship Troopers got almost as good a rating as RoboCop. I think it was like a 7.5 to a 7.2. Starship Troopers 2 was like a 3.6. Yeah, Starship Troopers... (laughs) It was just like, let's go kill shit. Yeah, well, I think that that was like direct-to-video, I think. Yeah, something dumb. There was a handful of sequels that were made. Now, how many RoboCops are there, though? Three. Three, including the 2014 version? No. There was a RoboCop 3, right? There was a RoboCop 3. So there's four RoboCops. There's RoboCop, RoboCop 2, RoboCop 3, and RoboCop. Yes. Okay. That is correct, sir. There was no RoboCop 4, though. No. Two RoboCops, a RoboCop There was a RoboCop, the series. Oh, boy. Which I did watch. Now, how many of these was Paul Weir involved in? Just the first? Just the first one. Okay. That makes sense. It's kind of like the Coen brothers not doing another Lebowski. Like, nope. Right. You can make Fargo, the TV series, fine. We will neither endorse nor condemn it. But we're not doing another Big Lebowski. Yeah. Um, RoboCop 2 was directed by Irvin Kirshner. No. And it was written by Frank Miller. Okay, we got to pause right there because (laughs) that's too much for me to take. And also, I got to piss like a racehorse. I'll be right back.
forget what we were talking about. We were talking about RoboCop 2. Oh, Irvin Kirshner. Yes. The director of Empire Strikes Back. Yes. And Frank Miller, uh, the brains and director, I think, behind hits like Mad Max. Is that correct? No. 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 Frank Miller wrote um, The Dark Knight returns and the dark knight returns what's that <laughs> yeah or some or whatever the dark knight i don't know he wrote uh the comic books he wrote a lot of comic books he's famous for writing the batman comic books that became the inspiration for the batman that we know and oh today. sin city not yeah he did sin city gotcha. he wrote that book and he did like the dark knight and batman year one and stuff like 300 that. rise of an empire classic but he didn't... Uh, I don't know if he was involved. Was he involved in that? I mean, I know 300 was his book. Right. Gra- well, graphic novel, please. Graphic novel. But yeah, but RoboCop 2 is strange. Very strange. You've seen film. it? Yes. I've seen RoboCop 2 and 3, although I have not seen them in a really long time. I just... I remember for both of them thinking like they tried really hard to do it right and do it justice, but it just ultimately did not work. And now discovering that Irvin Kershner did RoboCop 2, I really want to see it again. I think it's one of these things where it's like, yes, even though like if they had talent and they tried to do something, do right by the concept of making another RoboCop movie, you know, they didn't just change it into like, Oh, RoboCop 2. Now he's going to shoot more people. But still, it just comes out wrong somehow at the end. <clears throat> I could just imagine the amount of like recuts and rewrites the studio demanded. I just want to take a moment and reflect on the fact that you've seen RoboCop 2. <laughs> and RoboCop 3. Yes. Theoretically, you've watched them front to back. You've never seen Die Hard. You've never seen The Godfather. You've never seen The Godfather Part 2. But you've seen RoboCop 2 and 3. That is correct, sir. Just on, like, a personal level, how do you feel about that? I'm not too proud of it. Okay. All right. It's not, like, a badge of honor that you wear, like, with pride or anything like that. No. Like these people who've never seen any of the Star Wars movies. Nope, never seen them. (laughs) You're not like that. It's like, oh, damn it. No. I'm just like, I've made some poor life choices. Okay. We can all appreciate that kind of sentiment. (sighs) So was RoboCop 3 better or worse than RoboCop 2, in your opinion? I'm not... I mean, again, I can barely really remember them. I would guess, and I believe... They usually go downhill the further you get. They just go downhill. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Irvin Kirshner... Jeez. 
Yeah, I do remember there's like a scene in RoboCop 2 where, because they're trying to like create another RoboCop. So they keep taking like, you know, like people near death and putting them in these robotic bodies, but they're having trouble because it just, it's not working. Like RoboCop was kind of just like a freak thing that Alex Murphy was able to like accept becoming a machine. And so like the CEO of OCP is like watching like the file footage and it's like, all right, test one. And like the robot comes out and then like, you know, like just starts like screaming and going crazy and bashing itself in its head till it dies. And it's like, okay, attempt two. And like, right. it comes out and then like, you know, pulls out its gun and just starts shooting everyone in the room. And at the end, like blows his own brains out. They're like, okay, attempt three. And like, this one comes out, takes one and step like, and just falls over. Yeah. Now it comes in and like, it rips its helmet off, <laughs> but like underneath, like when Alex Murphy takes his helmet off, there's like, you know, a face under there. Mm. This one like rips his helmet off, but underneath it's just like a skull and like <laughs> tissue and stuff underneath. <laughs> and he just like rips the helmet off and it's just this like exposed skull and musculature <laughs> and just like starts like screaming in agony and then falls over dead. Some good gore. So it has that gruesome sense yeah. of humor that Robocop has, you know? <laughs> Even more so, really, kind of ratchet it so up. So you're not yeah. making that up. No, that's that literal happened. shit that happened. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Irvin Kershner, who was 67 years old at the time, directed that movie. Apparently, he was born in 1923. He's 67. He's almost a 70 year old man, and like. This is the shit he's got to do. He directed Empire Strikes Back for fuck's sake, you know? Well, he was there there like maybe he can make a he's really good at making the sequel, the triumphant second movie that's somehow even better than the first one. I I figured he can do it with Robo. After Never Say Never Again, they would have like put that theory to bed. You've probably never seen that either. You've probably never seen a James Bond movie. I've seen only Jesus. the crappy James Bond movies, Fuck, unfortunately. You've seen Quantum of Solace. That's the only James Bond movie you've ever seen. Well, that and Moonraker. <laughs> Moonraker wasn't so bad. It had jaws in it. Metal teeth. It did. You know? Why does everybody shit all over Moonraker so much? I think it was like, you know, peak 70s. Mm, yeah, okay. Then you got to... Need we say more? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> the 70s produced peak sticks. Produced peak George Lucas. Peak George Lucas, yeah. Possibly peak Spielberg. Not quite, but Jaws, motherfuckers. Senor Spielbergo. Well, thinking of Spielberg. Yeah. So I, today, I was watching Jurassic Park on VHS. Again, you're watching Jurassic Park on VHS, and you could be watching whatever. Well, I couldn't be watching The Godfather. Why really. not? Well, because... 
I, if I was to watch The Godfather, I would want to give it the attention it deserves. This movie is kind of on while a household of four kids are like running around like crazy. Wait, four? I don't want to get started on Fine. Yeah. Fine. Um, you know, like, I really, you know, I'm watching Jurassic Park on VHS in like 20, 25 minute increments. And this is because a certain member this was of my second your household is increments. obsessed with VHS tapes. And I mean, that that's yes. a good buy. That's a good buy, though. Gotta admit, Jurassic Park. Yeah, that's a good one. Jurassic Park. Yeah, it's not RoboCop three. It is weird though, like watching it on VHS. Like, it's hard to imagine that like that's how we used to watch movies. I know, I know. Like watching it now, and granted, it looks worse like on an LCD panel. Well, does it? Are you sure? I think the two there's an aesthetic where the two don't match up right. I like. <sighs> I feel like it might be more watchable on a cathode ray tube. When television. was the last time you watched anything on a CRT, though? Yeah, I don't know. I, it's been a long time. Rose colored glasses, man. Rose colored glasses. Yeah. But I think at least a VHS tape on that, like the two mediums have the kind of same resolution. They kind of work together. Yes, it looks like a fuzzy mess. But versus this, which just kind of looks like a fuzzy mess, yet then projected in high definition pixels and you think it somehow makes it look worse there's some extra like tearing apart that happens or something yeah something but i'll tell you what surprised me like it kind of looked it looked like it was not just like being watched on a vhs tape like it was recorded on a camcorder well i mean if you're gonna go you might as well go all the way right yeah like it just kind of looked like like Steven Spielberg got a like you know a VHS camcorder from Sears, a Panasonic. Well, no, he borrowed it from me, the same one we shot Deja Vu on. Yeah, no, exactly. He borrowed it. It was like Adam. I got an idea. Making some movie with some dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah, I have this idea. It'll be called Jimmy and the Dinosaur. <laughs> I was like, you can do better than that, man. But, you know, that's a pretty, uh, it has all the hallmarks of a uh, Steven Spielberg movie, though. Deja Vu? Yeah. Has all the suspense, the buildup, the humanity. The humanity mixed with the sci-fi element. Yeah. Humanity meeting technology. Well, that's more of a Jimmy, Jimmy Cameron type deal, but... There's a, um... Little short film somebody tweeted. Oh, look, I can't remember the name of it now. God damn it! I think it's on Vimeo, but it's not even really a narrative. It's called um, oh shit. I'm not going to be able to remember it. But it's a lot of like aerial footage, like dr drone, octocopter footage of like cityscapes, New York in particular, but upside down sometimes and like swirling around and down on the ground okay. set to some pretty kick-ass music and slow-mo. But there's one point in the movie, it's like four minutes long, and again, it's just visuals set to some music, essentially a music video, but... There's one point in the movie, and I think they shot it with the drone, although I don't have any fucking idea how they would have, where they do the, um, 
what do they call it? Forced perspective where you're dollying in but zooming out or vice versa. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which up until yesterday when I saw this, Jaws kind of like had the corner on the market of right. best ever that thing. Yes. This one did it for like 30 seconds or something. And like perfect with city in the distance and just like everything crushing in but seeing more and more as everything collapses on itself. But I, mm-hmm. I need to find this. It's incredible. We need to put a link to it. Yeah, I want to see that too. It's so fucking cool. And even just the rest of it's awesome. But that in particular was like, whoa, holy shit. Yeah, well, now with drones and everything, you know, you could get that so scientifically perfect, that whole, like, zoom out while you move closer kind of thi- kind of uh Yeah, but with a drone, move. like, how are you controlling the the zoom, you know, with your iPhone? And then, like, with the remote control, like, going forward with the drone and zoom, right. like, I don't think that makes it easier uh, i just assumed it's all just kind of like pre-programmable i don't know it's assuming a lot yeah i mean maybe i i know they have like sliders and shit where you can program in like you know 100 day long time lapse dollies and shit but i don't know i don't know if you can just pre-program in a what are they? Is it forced perspective that sounds cool but i don't know if that's right i don't think that's i don't think that's it, it. Yeah, I don't know what you call that. Like, yeah. <sighs> Shit. What do you call that? I just Googled, what do you call that? What did it come up with? Herpes? Came up with the <laughs> Tim and Eric skit. <laughs> <laughs> I was close. Here, I'm trying to find this, because we need to put this link in here. It's so... See, at first I thought you were talking about the uh, video I sent you of, like, the bodybuilders that all start like melting together all limply and no rotating around no that was fucked up though yeah that was really okay it's called balance by at tim sessler you want to follow him on twitter and todd vaziri tweeted this he's one of the star wars visual effects guys um yeah we'll put a link to this it's very cool I can figure out how to work Twitter. You know, the little uh, Vimeo window. This is pretty amazing. This is like one of those things where you can just kind of watch it just for like the video quality. Right. The video quality is amazing. Like the shots are captivating. Yeah. Wait till you get to the whatever you call that. Herpes or Tinax. Get Koyanis Katsi movie well we're not minimizing our lives for greater joy i don't know what that means you must be thinking of something else yeah balance are you watching this right now yeah i'm watching it right now cool right oh i see that perspective shift you're talking about do you and it keeps going and going well they keep showing different shots doing it yeah it's so cool it's pretty hardcore. But also to see that, I mean, I think that's a great thing to look at. Like, if you're trying to understand lenses. Yeah. 
Lenses. 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 It's plural. You're trying to understand lenses. Yeah, like the whole difference between like, yeah, like how focal length affects a shot. Like, look at this. The difference. Yep. Right. Act, And you're actively experiencing the difference. Yeah. It's, yeah, pretty hardcore, like you said. I think I have this suspicion that Vimeo is a good place to see cool shit. I think you're right. I think that is a suspicion that pans out. But I don't ever explore it, do you? A little bit here and there. Like, only if somebody... Like, posts a link somewhere. Yeah. I don't go, like... I never go directly there. No. Someone will post a link, but then once I'm there, I'll start clicking through it a little bit. Will I'll you? I'll YouTube, yeah, yeah. Not to a Tumblr level. Well, not to a Tumblr level. Well, I mean, that's what will normally send me there, is a Tumblr. Okay. Tumblr will be like, hey, there's this cool video balance. I'll be like, okay, I'll watch that. But then after that, I'll be like, oh, look, okay. More by Tim Sisler. Okay, let me see this one. And then it's like, oh, if you like that, check out this thing melty bodybuilder guys i'm like all right i'll check that out when are you going to start making your own versions of that wacky ass shit you were sending me the other day oh i feel fantastic yes i feel so weird because that went viral in 2009 i'd never seen it yeah you're normally up on that five million views and that that was from 09 i fucking am obsessed with it i've watched it so much that guy made like to get my kids into it and it didn't quite work (laughs) that guy made like 200 bucks off that video well i know well he i'm sure one of your kids was really into the military (laughs) mannequin (laughs) mannequins can do anything these days yeah i did i did do that i was like hey i know you like mannequins and i know you like the army but have you ever thought about if a mannequin was in the army in your weakened condition you were making some questionable judgments yeah i was like here if it play on this video and check it out and it was in essence just like mannequins screaming in horrible Slowed down, groan, scream sounds. You're talking about the army mannequins. Yeah, the army mannequins. So you probably have no idea what movie that was from. Well, I I do know what movie Uh, that was from. Have you ever seen it? Uh, Yeah, actually, I have. You've seen pictures of it on Tumblr? I've seen pictures of it on Tumblr. That's pretty much (laughs) the same thing. No, I saw that movie at 123 High Street. Did you? All right, well, I did something right in my life, at least. A couple things. Leonard's gone section eight, man. It's another good one. Uh, is that the Bill Cosby movie? Squellish? That's... You're not thinking straight. You're thinking about... Bill Cosby uh, did make did make a movie, Leonard Section 8. Leonard Part 12 is what you're thinking of. Leonard Part 12, okay. Yeah, and he was teamed up with Eddie Murphy, and they were trying to make a movie about aliens attacking Earth with rain. I think. In Vietnam. Well... Was it Vietnam or Cambodia? I think they were right on the border. Okay. The dolly zoom is an unsettling in-camera effect that appears to undermine normal visual perception. Now, Wikipedia, goddammit, that's pretty great. Although dolly zoom, like, that's probably what I should have called it. (laughs) Just the two words of the thing that it's doing. Right? Right. Dollying and it's zooming. Dolly zoom. 
Zoom, Dolly? Does it matter? Guess not. But how about that? The Dolly Zoom is an unsettling... If they're kind of making a judgment on it here. The Dolly Zoom is an unsettling in-camera effect that appears to undermine normal visual perception. That's pretty succinct, and that's the first sentence yeah. in the description of this effect. Yeah. Pretty great. Oh, that's a great... Good job. A great, dis- perfect description. wonder how many Wikipedia edits that took. I don't know, but... But it produced something good. Yep. Yeah. You know, if you put your mind to it, Brad... You can accomplish anything. So, fanatic marine, fantasy, fantasy man. What is it? Who are you obsessed with? Who am I obsessed with? You mean the I feel fantastic? I feel fantasy man, I feel fantastic. Come on. Stay stay with me. Right. Well, when is it my turn to start? I, you know, I kind of did in the 54 film hour thing. If you remember Mindy's Just Desserts, you may have refused to watch it, though. Um, which one was that? I do remember the title. It had a... Did it have uh, a it, 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 anthropomorphized puppet-like thing in it? Yes. Uh, maybe I only it watched had, it once. It had someone, it had in essence like a living mannequin. Mm. And then it had like a statue that was rotating and kind of like falling apart and were these and it had some weird like kind of like you know uh electronic organ music were these in camera effects throughout it was this what were these in camera effects yeah were they found footage from somewhere else no 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 this was all i i, I filmed all this well, if i google mindy's just desserts right now will i find it Yes, because it is on YouTube. Just Desserts by Mindy. All right, let's see. What That's we got not here. it. This looks like a... That doesn't look so bad. That looks delicious, actually. Let's see what the problem is. Let's see. Mindy's Just Desserts. Might need some quotes around it, huh? YouTube. Hey, not too bad. We got pretty far you... in before we're... <laughs> Yeah, YouTube is like, we're, I'm not going to fucking let anyone find this. <laughs> Too late, dude. I don't know why you can't fucking find it. I got Google search. Mindy's Just Desserts in quotes, and I still don't see it. I wonder... Why would you not let anyone find it? Who gives it? You're not in it, the... are you? Well, unless I said it so you can't be found. I don't know why I would... I wouldn't... That doesn't seem like something I do, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Let's see. Where am I? Could you misspell desserts, perhaps? Is it Mindy's just arid climates? No. I might have misspelled desserts and made it like deserts or desserts or whatever the fuck. Although creative kids just desserts. Thumbnail looks horrible. Not going to click on that. Yeah, I don't see you, man. I can even go to your YouTube page and I don't see it. Although I do see facial exercise terror. Yes. No, there it is. He's just... <coughs> oh, I see it at least, but... Are you still sick? I got a little something still. I don't know. 
I just can't get better. Well, I went. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't want to go into it, man. Why? I just don't even want to go into it. Why not? It's just. <laughs> my God, look what you're doing to me. <laughs> you do call it Mindy's Just Deserts. <laughs> so you did find yeah, it. Yeah, I see it now. It's called Mindy's Just Deserts, though. But I think that's how you spell it, that phrase. Just deserts? Desert here is the plural of desert, which means that which one deserves. Desert is now archaic and rarely used outside this phrase. Okay, so why do we say desserts? Or dessert. I was just pronouncing it wrong. But yeah, it's Mindy's just, that's how you spell just desserts. All right. So you're checking out the video? It's here. It's 4-3. It's very pink. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. I'm turning that off. Sorry. I got... Up next, water flowing on street. I can go relive so many memories. I got about six seconds in. That's about all I December can December 27th, 2008. Water flowing on street. December 7th, the day that we'll live in infamy, Brad. Water flowing on streets. You know what I'm saying? I have so much, so many classic videos here. <laughs> the Bizarre Pipe. My Pilgrimage to Riverside, Iowa, the future birthplace of Captain James T. Kirk. I like that one, but I think the Bizarre Pipe is probably your crowning achievement. Could be. It's the best title. Well, it's the best title, but it's it's the best video and it's the best like commentary around it. Like you had a little Twitter action surrounding it. There was a you created a little bit of a world around that pipe, and I like yeah. that. The magic of the montage, that was pretty good. Now, let me ask you, is is the curious pipe still doing its thing? Yes, the curious pipe still goes. For eight years now, or however long. Yeah, I made that video in like, I mean, it very well could have been going for eight years. Two years ago was when I made that video. Though. Only two years. <laughs> yeah, I only started working in that office space mm. about, I'll tell you what, we started this podcast before I moved into that office space. So, Well, that ain't saying When we much. started this podcast... This is how we can bring it all together here for our final episode. When we started this podcast, oh boy, I had no knowledge of the bizarre pipe. We're talking about time again, time, Brad. Man, I have some good videos on here. Brad eating Swedish fish. Well, here, let's put a link to your YouTube channel. Kilbasi is mentioned. <laughs> That's a video that you have. Kilbasi is mentioned. Yeah, I have a video called Animals. I have a video called Hell If I Know. You're acting like you don't know any of these things. I, I don't. <laughs> I put them up here and then forget them. I erase them from my brain. Here, I'm. Some of them I kind of know. Like I remember the magic of the montage being cool. So I'm going to put a link. Should I just put a link to your uploads page, probably? Yeah, just go right there. Or you could just put a link to Mindy's Just Desserts and people can just find it from there. I mean, is that what... Lead them to the best. Is that what you want to promote? Mindy's Just Desserts? 
I think so. I think that has the best chance of going viral. Okay. I've gotten 28 views since 08, so I think I'm ready. And that includes one <laughs> one down vote. Hey, that's not too bad. One down vote. Yeah, but one down vote, zero up votes. CI five ninety seven review has three hundred nine views though. Yeah, <laughs> that was maybe that was a, maybe get a different account for that video. I and I have three uh, up up thumbs up for that. That CI five ninety seven review is probably the highlight of my life. Probably. That's probably my greatest achievement. It all just kind of went down. Well, from besides there. gutter balls, your greatest YouTube achievement. Put it that way. Yeah. Now, now I can't find Mindy's just desserts. Where is it? It likes to hide in there. You know, there's a gloved hand stabbing a hot dog. Where the fuck is it? I'm on your videos. So you got 12 seconds in. I see where you got to. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah it's bad. How, why can't I find this now? Throw in a link to the uh, I Feel Fantastic while you're at it. Yeah, we should do that, too. But where the fuck is Mindy's Just Desserts? Oh, there it is. Jesus. 30 views in seven years. That's pretty good. That's more than four per year. It's 4.5 per year. I'll take that. Buy that for a dollar. All right, I think everybody's going to have a special treat. Mindy's Just Deserts. It's a great way, you know. It's a great little companion, right? Here we are in the last episode. You're like, you know, I really wish I had more Brad in my life, though. Right, let's really get his essence. Go check out my YouTube channel. Check out (laughs) Mindy's Just Deserts, The Bizarre Pipe, and the rest of my good friends on my YouTube channel. I see honestly though even though I had to turn it off after 7 seconds I still think you're holding back with these videos. You have not gone to Brad yet. No, I think you're right. That was a play on gone to plaid. Gone to plaid. I liked it yeah, a lot. Thanks, man. I just He's came up with Brad. that right now. That's pretty good. I love it actually. That's a great branding. He's gone to Brad. You know, it's when you really embrace your inner fucking weirdo he's gone to brad um so here we'll put mindy's just I desserts haven't gone to brad and so no long. you haven't that's the problem time to fuck it up you gotta go to brad man time to change it up well i'm ready talk 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 you just wait you know mindy's just desserts too well, give the man a hand. Yeah. The world is out there waiting for you to fuck it up, and you just gotta do it. You give me the business about making movies, well, right. I'm giving you the business. All right. Well, hey, I deserve, I need, I need, I deserve the business. I'll accept it. What was the last, like, cool video you made? The pipe. That's two. It might, it might be the pipe. Two years ago. Two years ago. And that was just a video of a fucking bizarre pipe. You just pointed your camera at the pipe and you said the curious pipe or whatever you called it. Yeah. Not acceptable. Time to time to change it up. Okay, I feel fantastic. Is that what it's called? Yes. Um pretty fucking mind. Oh yeah, altering. Jesus. This is bad. It's two and a half minutes. I watched the whole thing of that. 
you can get through that, I think you can get through Mindy's just desserts. I think so. so maybe too. Uh, uh, maybe off air. Yeah, I won't do it now. I feel now. How does I feel fantastic have millions of views, but Mindy's just desserts has thirty? Because Mindy's just desserts isn't quite as there as. I feel fantastic. But can we quantify what I feel fantastic does better than Mindy's Just Desserts? It's a little more creepy. How? Like exactly. It's Be specific. simpler. Also, it's simpler and more repetitive, which makes it easier to kind of consume and easier to kind of project whatever you want to on it. See, that's a good fucking point. Right. It's a sort of a blank canvas due to its repetition. That's another good... You are just making good points by the week. That's two this week you've had. That's like a record. Yeah, I think. At least a recent record. The last time I had two good points in a week curious, was about five years ago. Curious Pipe. I'll give you two years ago. Maybe that was just one good point. Yeah, that could have been my one point. That was probably my one point for the month. Mm-hmm. Do we want to start talking about these 18 seconds? Well, it's only 12 seconds, right? 12 seconds? Yeah, sorry, my bad. I got confused because it's episode 118. I, I yeah, did too, seconds. and I think for the duration of this podcast, I've always been saying the last episode is 18 seconds. Yeah, I think that's I've my fault. I've been saying that too. I feel like the duration of the movie changed on us. Yeah, it does feel that like way. A diff- like a slightly different cut with maybe a different logo in the beginning or something like iTunes switched it out under our noses. I've got a lot to say about that. Because I could have sworn it was 18. All right, well, do you want to play the 20% of a minute? Sure, let's do it. All right. All right, that was engaging audio. (laughs) There it was. (laughs) A lot of it was silence. I think... I'm going to flex my past muscle, or f- no, sorry, future muscle, and say it was all silence. Maybe? I mean, it wasn't all silence. All right. Um, okay, it wasn't all six silence. Six seconds of music and six seconds of silence is what it seems like to me. Yeah, all right. Maybe five and well, a half what, seconds. But What we get is... But in terms of content, what we get is, like, the tail end of the Motion Picture Association of America logo. But you don't even see the logo so much, but you do see Motion Picture Association of America. Uh, see, in my cut, I see, I see the logo. I even see, right at 157,00, I can clearly read that this is movie number 35633. You know, this may support... Your contention that iTunes is dealing in a little digital fuckery. Because I swear... Because you're at 157,00. Yeah, and I swear I did it right on the edge, but now I'm seeing a different amount of that logo and the IATSE logo than I did before. So... What is the IATSE logo? It's... To the right of the Motion Picture Association of America. Let me change it around. What is IATSE? We've all seen the logo, but what is it? Well, (laughs) I'm glad you asked. I just, I asked because it seems like, you know, you didn't say like the 
I-A-T-S-E logo. Well, you knew the lingo. You'd get kicked out of Chicago if you said the I-A-T-S-E logo. So, so IATSE is a union. Okay. I've dealt with IATSE before. Uh, it stands for, well, it stands for a couple of different things depending on if you're into the whole brevity thing or not. It either stands for International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. If you're not into the whole brevity thing, it stands for International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, Moving Picture Technicians, Artists, and Allied Crafts of the United States, Its Territories, and Canada. I see. It's a labor union representing over 125,000 technicians, artisans, and craftspersons in the entertainment industry, including live theater, motion picture, and television production, and trade shows. It was awarded Tony Honors for Excellence in Theater in 1993. And that's in the first three sentences of its description on Wikipedia. So they're really holding on to that award they won, you know, 30 years ago, or however long ago that was, 23 years ago. I see. So I've dealt... So you're making a movie, you're making a union. You gotta be, you gotta work with the unions. Well, obviously, you don't have to, but if you're going to employ anyone who is a part of the union, obviously you're going to work with the unions. And depending on where you're shooting, like if you want to shoot in Philadelphia, yeah, you're going to have to fucking work with the unions. You're going to shoot in Chicago, you're going to work with the unions, etc. Now, if I shot in my podunk town, I don't think I'd have to work with the unions. Depends on if there's a union presence in your town. I've worked with IATSE in the, I guess you would assume, the trade show capacity. I'm not sure if they would consider it television production, trade show, or even possibly live theater. I'm not sure where they would put it, but a conference basically where we were live streaming a presentation, you know, in a, (coughs) just a, just a comp. This was the uh, left behind guy. No, no, this is just a different, no, it was just a different okay. conference for the company I work for. And, you know, we have a bunch of authors and they would just present. So point the camera at the stage, like back of the back of the room. It's like a 500 person room. And you literally just point it at the stage and then live stream it. We had a little box, right? Had an internet connection and the audio came in from the house board. The picture came in from the camera the box took it, muxed it, or whatever the fuck, and then, you know, sent it out onto the internet. So there's the live Mux, stream. Muxing and demuxing, man. Just, yeah. If you want to fucking demux. I mean, it's bad enough muxing, and then you're demuxing. Like, come on, show some respect. But, so, yeah, set the camera up, point it at the stage... Set the box up, press start, that's it, right? It was just me doing it, because you just put the camera on the tripod, point it, press two buttons, you're done. But we were in Chicago, 
So, and it's weird, it's like, the union involvement starts snowballing really quickly once they find out, like, any piece of hardware that you have, like, all of a sudden this box that we had was like, oh, well, holy fuck, they've got an internet box! Well, that's going to require a technician. They've got a camera on a tripod. That's going to require a technician. So the entire week or so, however long we were there, maybe five days, of literally the camera not moving, just pointing at the stage and the box pressing a button, we had to pay two union guys to sit in the booth and read the paper and eat Cheetos while I sat next to the camera and the box. At like six hundred a day, yeah, and I was yeah. like, "You miserable pieces of shit." Now I've worked with Ayatsi in other towns, and it's not quite so bad. But like, that's an example of why people hate fucking unions, sure. and why they hate unions in general, let alone having sex with them, because you know they just sit there, and what fun is that? Horrible, and that's why they get a bad rap. Now in other and in Philly there're no picnic either. Like we ha- we had to get another set of communication devices, you know, Clearcom. We were doing a live show, so a couple cameras out in the audience, control room back in the back with a, you know, screen and a director. I was calling the show, camera 1, take it. You know, camera two, ready to take, you know, that kind of shit, right? But you need to be able to talk to your technical director who's punching the show, and you need to be able to talk to the camera people out in the audience. We had two rooms doing that, and we only had one set of clear comms. So it's like, holy fuck, we're going live tomorrow. I'm, you know, 300 miles away from my home turf. It's 5 p.m., and I need to start calling everybody I know and people I don't know to try to find a set of clear comms in this town with my iPhone, which I did, and I found somebody amazingly, and they drove down, they brought it to me, but it was a hardwired system instead of a wireless, so, like, buckets, like, two huge buckets, like, think about your recycling container, like, something that size filled with XLR cables and shit. Yeah. Two of those, and then with all the headsets. And it came around the back, the entrance, to where, you know, all the trucks pull up, where you can unload gear. And it was like, you know, 6.04 p.m. instead of, and they're like, no, sorry, can't accept any, no deliveries after 6. Okay, literally just have these two things that, nope, can't do it. Can't come in. Dude, really? Can't do it. We stop at six. That's just like, you fucking assholes. And so, like... It's not nom, though. Oh, the I know. There are rules. Yeah, but motherfucker. So then, like, I didn't know where this guy was. I'm looking for him. He's not there, because they wouldn't let him in. And so I had to have him, like, drive around, like, half a mile away to the front of the convention center... And, like, walk it through the front door and down, like, half a mile back to where I needed it to be. Because these, you know, these conference centers are the worst ever. They're humongous. And, of course, it was one side and he was on the other side. And I had to make two trips. So, 
carry the whole big case down to the room illegally, waiting for, like, some union guy to break my fucking kneecaps for not following the rules. Well, I'm sure once this recording gets out... Yeah, they'll uh, they'll be coming for me. You're gonna have to watch your back. You're gonna wake up with a horse head in your back. I watch my back all the time anyway. I take different routes to and from work. You never know who's watching, Brad. So two trips back, just because they're fucks. You know, sometimes they're just fucks. But meanwhile, in San Francisco, they started out really, like, blustery and hard-assy and dicks. But then, like, once you talk to them, they were okay. And it's like, all right, no, no, we're here to help. You know, we're getting paid. Like, yeah, let's do this. And they came around. But, like, Philly and Chicago, fuck them. Ugh. Terrible. Anyway, that's my IATSE story. So... Yeah, you make a... Well, now I know. You, now I know. Well, yeah, it's shitty. Yeah, organized labor. It's a <sighs> double-edged, double-edged sword, sword, man. Like, I get it. I get why you have to do it sometimes, but, boy, it can really transform into something lazy and right. entitled and terrible. Yeah. Like, just looking over at those two guys for, like, five days, eight hours a day, reading the fucking paper and eating subway just sitting there for nothing they didn't even have the courtesy to get like some jimmy johns no subway subway did they get me any subway no cold cut trio adam look into it i i like a cold cut trio you know it's clean it's refreshing it's cool it's crisp it doesn't insist upon itself. I like a cold cut trio. Every once in a while, I get this craving for bologna. I know. I do too nowadays, and I never ate bologna growing up. Like, I'm like, you know, I, I almost never like make a sandwich at home. But when I get a craving for it, I get a craving for like the shittiest sandwich. Bologna. I want like two pieces of white bread. Little layer of mayo on one of the slices. Little layer. Piece of mayo or a piece of bologna. You're mayoing wrong. Piece of cheese. I mean, if this was something, if I was having, let's say, like a like a fried chicken chunk sandwich <laughs> or something, I'd like to load up the mayo. Something about this though, like this, like it's just a single slice of bologna. Is it how thick is it? I don't cut? want more mayo than bologna on the sandwich. How thick is it? I want them to be cut, about equal. Brad. How thick is it cut? This is like Oscar Mayer bologna that comes in like the yellow plastic container. All right, so fairly thin, not like half inch, like. No, 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 no. Thick cut. Not like a hot dog that's a flat, like circle. Like a fish steak. Not like that. No, no fish steaks. Okay. No bologna sticks. Well, and so my, I want to say, possibly my first experience, probably not my first experience, but the first experience I can remember with bologna came in the Outer Banks. There was a little, like, ice cream stand that also sold, like, sandwiches and cheesesteaks and shit right on Route 12. One okay. of those little, like, dusty, sandy, beachy, shitty places. I forget what it's called. Yeah. Um, but anyway, everybody was going out for ice cream. I didn't want to go. 
I wasn't in the mood for ice cream, didn't want ice cream. But I went, I just sucked it up and went with everybody, and it was like fried bologna sandwich with sautéed onions and cheese, and I was like, hell yes, I'll try that. And I had no idea what I was in the, like, in the market for here, like what was right, about to right. happen, but I'm like, I, it's the weirdest thing I can possibly do right now, I'm doing that. I got it. That sandwich, and maybe it's because my expectations were so low, but it was transcendent. Like, it was this thick-cut, like, thumb thickness, like, slice, right. like, round disc, like, thick disc of bologna seared on both sides with the, like, perfectly creamy, melty cheese and sautéed onions and mayo on it, and I was like, holy shit. This might be the best sandwich I've ever had. Yeah. And then every year I'd go back and it's like, need my fried bologna sandwich. But they changed ownership and it. we got one last year and it sucked. It wasn't the same no. thing. It was like an Oscar Mayer slice. No, it was still kind of thick, but the bread was different and yeah. there wasn't really cheese on it. And I don't well, know. It's I mean, just like, dry and gross. And... The bologna is really like, it's just a giant hot dog that's like six inches in diameter. Right. And then you just slice a big piece off. And then you just, in essence, it's a hot dog. It's a fried hot dog. Right. But in this different form factor. Well, and it kind of changes everything. It changes everything. Because there's so much more. Surface like, area. The ratio of the surface, exactly, to the skin is just different. And you can get, like, more caramelization because there's so much surface area in contact with the grill. Like, a hot dog, by its very right. nature, you know tubular it gets yeah. the least amount of contact with the hot surface possible right. geometrically we're talking about actually an infinitely small amount almost it's probably not actually touching yeah but that flat well, disc like it's all touching why, man yeah well that's why when i cook hot dogs in a frying pan i cut, cut them, them in, in half. half long yes. ways yes put them on there fucking a yes it's as close as i can get yep. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah, the geometry of bologna and hot dogs is important to understand if you're going to achieve maximum, like... Maximum satisfaction. Thank you. Thank you. I was going to say maximum cardiac arrest, but I prefer satisfaction. So we were talking about the Big Lebowski, I think, but I, got, I think I yes. guess I got sidetracked with. We got a little sidetracked, but yeah. So what what fascinates me is this is movie number three five six three three. Yeah, you know you can look up this whole list of the MPAA's Motion Picture Association of America's list of all these movies going back to movie zero, which apparently intentionally is left blank. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm there. I have the Excel spreadsheet open up right now. You can, it's updated once a month on their website. It's updated monthly, but there's like five different Excel spreadsheets. Have you been able to parse the difference between all the spreadsheets? I I haven't. Mm. I just have the basic MPAA film numbers spreadsheet that goes up to number fifty two thousand, but it seems like the last, you know, there's a couple thousand numbers here that are currently at the end that are not like being used 
So that's interesting. And what's also weird about that, I'm sure you noticed, is that not every number in that spreadsheet is represented. Right. Like they don't. They skip some. They skip a bunch because they skip almost half because movie, like the line for movie number 52000, is only line 28,751 in the spreadsheet. So first of all, what's up with that? Second of all, there's been more than 28,000 movies. There's been more than 52,000 movies since 1930, well, I guess not whatever. That it's been part of the MPAA, though. So MPAA... The MPAA is, in essence, like the major studios, their alliance or whatever. But is it? It's like the, a voluntary, like, yeah, yeah, we agree, because... If you read their bylaws or whatever their guidelines from nineteen what thirty four, when they were first instituted, there's some pretty interesting ones. We could read some. In fact, I could spend the rest of the episode just reading some of them if you would right. like. Sure. Well, before you start, the thing that I found interesting is as you go through these, like especially if you go through, let's say, like, more recent years, or, like, right now I have it open to around 2006. Like, all these movies, I know them all. Yeah. But I would expect them to be all kinds of weird, you know, movies. I don't know what the hell any of this is. It's all just random little-known movies. But I know almost every one. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've heard of these movies. I have to assume that's because, again, this is kind of a voluntary thing that... The studios had to agree to, like, they had a little handshake, and they'd agree to a certain, like, code of morals or something, so that all the little movies that we never hear about aren't studio movies and don't have to give a shit about the MPAA. No, exactly. No, I think you're right about that. So these are mostly, granted, some of them are a little weird, like America, Nin, American Ninja 2, The Confrontation. But I guess that's from 1987. That could have been a big movie at the time. I don't know. Well, it didn't have to be a big movie. It could have been like, um, yeah. that reminds me of, you know, like Remo Williams. So like maybe right. a step down from Remo Williams, The Adventure Begins. Yeah. Something. 1990, we have Joe versus the Volcano, Postcards from the Edge, Short Time, Flatliners, Cry Baby, Opportunity Knocks. Now, Flatliners was a decent movie. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember it being that Cry one. Baby. I don't know that one. That's John Waters, stars Johnny Depp as the titular Cry Baby. Mm. Opportunity Knocks, that was like a failed Dana Carvey vehicle. Oh, I thought it was going to be John Candy. The reason I remember Opportunity Knocks is I saw that in the theater. Because a friend of mine, this was probably like junior high school time, he won tickets to see it on opening night, like on the radio station. That's pretty cool. And so I was like, oh, let's go see Opportunity Knox. It's Dana Carvey. We'll go see this. And I was like, okay. But Hey, hey, you want it on the radio. You want it on the radio. So that's pretty cool. I mean, you and our our mutual, I and our mutual friend went to see, you know, Sister Christian and Foxtail and S- Slaughter, Quiet right. Riot. 
Because we want it on the radio. I mean, if I could compare free tickets to Opportunity Knocks to a quadruple header of Slaughter, Quiet Riot, Night Ranger, and Ted Nugent, I think I might take the tickets to Opportunity Knocks. Oh, really? Well, it's not... Well, you know, the grass is always greener. See, I'd say I'd go with the concert. But, but... It's, it's not as much of a commitment. That's true. That is like, true. Like, we really had to be committed to that, and we only stayed for, like, two songs of Ted Nugent, and even so, like, we got there in the afternoon, and we left in the dead of night. Like, it was kind of terrible. And it just kept getting worse. Well, that's not true. Sister Christian was the climax of the evening probably because neither of us knew that that was going to be a song that any of those bands invented but yeah i mean at least opportunity knocks you're 90 minutes in good done it was free we got some entertainment but like yeah that quadruple header was an endeavor like we really had to steal ourselves to get through it Especially since we were performing, too. Right. You really had to... You really had to activate all the way for that one. All the cylinders were firing. Yeah, MPAA. So you think that's pretty accurate. Like, it's sort of an informal handshake thing between all the studios. Well, I don't know if it's an informal handshake thing. I mean, they definitely kind of, like, decided to police themselves, like, with the ratings. But why? To prevent... To prevent the uh, government from coming in and doing it. I can understand. Like, oh, you show too much sex. I can understand in the 20s and 30s, but Jesus, man. Well, they just stayed that way. I mean, it started then, and then it just kind of stayed that way. uh, And like, where? But now it's more like, it's kind of like, you know, it's just like, you know, it's an organization. It's almost kind of like a collusion. Like, okay, we can, you know, work together. It's like IATSE, man. Yeah. You know, it's like, here's some rules for how we can work together. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. To do certain things. And then now their big thing seems to be like, you know, you you hear about them because it's about, you know, combating piracy. MPAA? Yeah. That's their big thing. Like, oh, don't, don't bit torrent the movie. You're hurting jobs. People worked hard on this movie. You're stealing it. Well, and again, it's like a union. I get it, and it sounds good. Yeah. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. But also, like, it just gets shitty after a while. It just gets shitty. And, like, whatever the core value was at the beginning is not, like, in reality, how it shakes out. It just gets shitty. And then, I don't even know if this is a thing anymore, but, like... <sighs> You've heard of directors and studios, like, putting more violence in and more graphic violence in and more sex in just to, like, you know, ooh, look, well, this is going to be NC-17. Okay, we'll cut out the extra shit that we put in just so we could get the NC-17, and then we'll cut out the stuff and then just make it how we wanted to in the first place and get the R rating. And just, like, shoving in extra lasciviousness and violence right which i don't i don't even know if that happens anymore like somehow well i think it happens as like a negotiating tactic 
Ugh. Does it like though? If they does know, it? Like, so let's say as a director, I'm making a movie and it's important to my artistic vision. You know, there's extra nudity, extra whatever in it, right? And the violence doesn't seem to be the thing that really gets people in a well, um, tizzy. Well, unless it's more it's, the nudity and sexual content. Unless it's gory violence, maybe. Well, I mean, there's a certain amount there, but you know, in the 80s, you're doing like, again, Blood Squib Mania and Robocop. So unless. Uh, but I think what they'll do is they'll put extra stuff in. This is what I've heard. Like, so when the MPA says, no, this is like way too bad. You got to cut some out. They can, they have extra stuff in there. They can cut out and kind of get to where they want it to just kind of like a negotiating tactic. Like, no, it's $300,000 when you really, you know, will go for, you'll sell it for just two fifty. but you got to start high so you can meet in the middle. You might sell it for one twenty. you know? Yeah. So I just scrolled on this spreadsheet like randomly, yeah. and I'm looking at a screen here that has both RoboCop 2 and Total Recall on it. Like right next to each other or pretty close? How cool. There, they're pretty close. Hmm. But here they are right here. Strange. Two movies we talked about. Here they are. Well, Total Recall was, what, 89? with 90? This is 1990, it 90. says. Along with Ghost Dad and Ernest Goes to Jail. And Jacob's Ladder. <coughs> Well, Ghost Dad, like we said, we do love Bill Cosby. Dances with Wolves, Silence of the Lambs. We could do a whole Cosby retrospective. Yeah. As our next podcast. Yeah. He's kind of like, you know, seems to be re- enjoying a resurgence of popularity. He's definitely around more than he used to be, I've noticed. Yeah. And I'm not sure why that is. I don't know either. We should explore Here, it. Mentioned. So, like, yeah, maybe we can ride that wave. I don't know. I don't, I'm not into like really wholesome family entertainment though. It doesn't yeah, that's seem true. like our shtick. We're more into like, you know, pornography and wanton sex and drugs. Yeah. So, and strange kinks and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. So we should so, find something more. Yeah. We'll find something else. More appropriate to our tastes. <laughs> oh, Brad, they take the best of us sometimes and drag us down, don't they? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, obviously uh, not. Obviously not. We, obviously, I'm just saying the perceived best. Like, who was more wholesome than Bill Cosby? Like, right. there he was. He's Bill Booding Pop. You know, it's like, it's like the more wholesome you are, the more of a bizarre twist, sexual deviant you are. Except, let's hope, because he's been dead for a while. Fred Rogers, please, Jesus, nobody, fuck with fred rogers please please don't reveal that he was some like hideous monster like hideous sexual monster please let that not happen you know please let one of them actually be pure and good you know please i it should be a ritual i was gonna say for everyone but i'm not that pedantic, but you and I should at least watch his testimony to Congress. Oh, yeah, that's excellent. Once per year. I'll do that. Well, I'll watch it on Super Bowl Sunday. We should watch it on Super Bowl Sunday. That's how you can remember. To remind us that, yes, there are good things in the world. Put a link to it. Here, let's put a link to that shit, because... 
You know what? I take yeah, it back. Everybody there. should watch that once a year. Fred <coughs> Rogers Congress testimony. See what that does. Yeah, that's it. Mr. And they call him Mr. Rogers, of course. Mr. Rogers defending PBS to the U.S. Senate. And he fucking wins, you know? Like, he takes this hard-ass fucker, cynical motherfucker down and, like, convinces him in the space of, what, five to seven minutes? Like, and the guy's just like, shit. You're right. You win. You You just... Got ten million dollars. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Mm. All right, I got this link. All right, um, so I'm looking at the Big Lebowski on this spreadsheet right now. Yeah, <coughs> and I. So, what movie came before the Big Lebowski? Well, I was just gonna say there is a thirty-five six thirty-two. Yes. Uh, Which is I forget. I looked at it. Hacks. What is it? Hacks. 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 H a c k s. Hacks. No, I don't. I don't remember that. Sorry. Don't know what that nope. is. And then the thirty-five six four four, which is the next movie on the list. So they skip eleven. Yeah, they skip eleven after the Big Lebowski. Like, are they reserving spots for like, like VHSs and DVDs and? Or, or like, like, you know, there there were 11 scripts, and they were, like, you know, they were in pre-production, and then they just said, like, you know what, this movie's fucking stupid. They assigned it Forget a number, it. and it never actually got released. Yeah, well, I mean, some of the numbers, though, are blank. <sighs> and they have this weird little, like, well, I think this is just my spreadsheet program putting this, the... the, the yeah, it just says the link is invalid. Yeah, like, so some of them are here. No, I did see some blank ones. Oh, I ones. see. There are. Oh, 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 I see. I'm reading this kind of a little wrong. Okay, no, they're, they're not blank. You're, you're thinking about that spreadsheet had become very <laughs> uptight. Yeah. So after the Big Lebowski is Deja Vu. Don't know what that is either. Deja Vu? They just took Deja my... Vu, yeah. Fuck. Brad, they're always listening. Although a little bit before Big Lebowski, we have Goodwill Hunting, Spice World, some classics from 1997. Goodwill Hunting was 98. Well, it actually says 97. That's the other thing. Some of these movies are like they're kind of out of order. Huh. Like just looking at the year column, it goes like 98, 98, 97, 98, 99, 98, 97, 98, 98, 99, 98, 97, 98, 97, 97, 97, 98, 98, 98, 98, 98, 97, 97, 98. So, you know. You don't know how that goes, though. Like, when do they assign the number? For instance, the system we use at work for project codes is based on our fiscal year, first of all. So it's it's. A date, every project number is assigned a date by year, first of all, so 2016, and then the next three numbers, because we never have more than, you know, 999 projects in a given fiscal year, uh, is just chronological through the numbers, so 001, you know, but that starts, like, 2016-001 project starts September 1st. So whatever project we get, which is when someone requests it and we say, yes, we will do that. But that fucking project may not be released until 
calendar year 2017, right. who knows, maybe even 2018, right? right. So maybe no, exactly. these numbers are like the script has been submitted or like it's gone into production. Maybe it's got funded. Who knows what, right? No, I, that's what I agree. I think like the numbers, the dates, the years listed here are the years the movie came out, it seems to me. But did but, Goodwill Hunting come out in 97? But the, well, we can Google it, I guess, and find I out. I don't feel like it. But, you know, the, the, this is in the, but this list is in the order of like this number, this MPAA number they assign. So obviously they assign, yeah, like, like again, Goodwill Hunting, they assign that number later on. They somehow assign that number after they already assigned the number to Let's Talk About Sex, even though that movie came out in 98. And Goodwill Hunting came out in '97. Well, let's talk about sex. Probably had a shorter production schedule. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just spitballing there, but I think that's a safe bet. Buffalo '66. Now that's a good movie. Vincent Gallo, Christina Ricci. We're spanning time, Brad. We're spanning time. Yep. You've probably never seen it. I'm familiar with the concept. You should see Goodwill Hunting someday, that. even though the ship may have sailed, but you should probably check that out too. That was a pretty good movie. The opposite of sex, I remember that. Never seen it. You've probably seen that was it another ten Christina times. Ricci. She was in that? Yeah. Same year. Yep. Sphere. Oh. Uh Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne. And, uh, and uh, Vagina Lady. Yeah. Right. Although I want to say it was not Lawrence Fishburne, but maybe it was. I don't know who it was. I don't even know who Vagina Lady no, is. No, it was so. Sam Jackson. Was it? Yeah. And Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. So it's like that episode of Extras, basically. Pretty much. Yeah. A very unlucky leprechaun. That's another movie? Yeah, so all these, like, movies you heard, and then a very unlucky leprechaun. That just sounds like one of these, like, Netflix, very poorly animated. I was thinking it was more like, you know, one of these movies that does actually have some horrendous gore and violence in it, but has a, like, disarming title. Right. Well, you're thinking, well, I mean, there is the Leprechaun series yeah, of yeah, movies. Yeah, there's that. Which I've never seen any of those. Have you? No. I've never seen any of the Chucky movies. What are they called? Child's Play? Child's Play. I mean, duh, but... I have seen some of those. How are they? Not good. Yeah, okay. I saw what I think is the last movie, perhaps, which was Bride of Chucky. Although now that I think of it, I think there was a spawn of Chucky. That yeah, it seems like that. there was one more. Yeah, Bride of Chucky, I remember, because that's when I worked in the movie theater and that movie was out. So you could see it for free anytime. So you uh, would kind of like, yeah, or like, you know, after... Everybody's in you know, the movies would start, like you'd take the tickets and sell people coke and shit, and then there'd be like three hours till the next movie came, like nothing happened. Right. So you could just go in and watch the movie. Sit in the back of the theater. Sit in the back. Just kind of sit back there. Like you just, you know, you maybe you saw the movie once in its entirety, but now it's like, okay, I don't need to see the first 20 minutes again. Like you just watch like, 
yeah, like the first, like the middle uh, hour of a movie. You miss like the first 20 minutes and last 20 minutes every time. Or that middle hour, you just watch every day several times. Unless you see somebody leave the theater and you got to go out there and make sure they don't want to refill on their popcorn or some shit. Yeah, exactly. Right, you meet them out there. But usually they're just taking a piss. And then, so I worked at the other two theaters in town at the same time, but I cleaned them. So I I used to go to the State Theater after I got off work at the bar. So I would go to the State Theater at like 3 or 3.30 in the morning by myself and get out the little, like, shoulder, like, backpack blower and, like, wander through that place, back to the back stairways, up into the projection booth, like, up into the balcony area. Wow. In the bathrooms, mopping them for, like, two hours, just by myself in that theater in the middle of the night. Think about that shit for a second. Yeah, it's not too great it's not awesome it's not awesome but there was a boom box and i could put on the bus and once in a while they would play chicago 25 or 624 and like you know who's gonna fuck with you when you're blasting that that's true although when you were wo- ever little sticks once in a while like usually a blue collar man or a renegade which ugh, yeah whatever but you know when it because i'd put it down on the first level, when you got way up in there, like it seemed very far away, and it was almost more terrible because it just kind of accentuated the vast emptiness, right? And how isolated you were. And it and it would kind of shield if anyone was, let's say, like coming in the front door to like fuck you up. You wouldn't hear him. You wouldn't hear him. Nope. That's that would be my concern. That would be my paranoid concern. Yeah, well, there's a lot, especially it's the middle of the night. So, yeah, sometimes I wouldn't get out of the bar until, like, after 3. Right. So, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, after 3, you finally get to leave the bar, and it's like, let me go spend two hours cleaning bathrooms. Yeah, so sometimes it would be almost 6 a.m. before I'd clean up all the, you know, errant piss and popcorn and... You know, spilled drinks. There's 15 people in the movie theater watching it, and 11 of them spilled their fucking soda and then dumped their popcorn on it. So it's all the popcorn's fucking stuck in there. So you can't just blow it all out. Now you gotta get the mop and go and, like, you know, obviously the seats are on an incline. So the soda has, like, trailed down over like 15 or 20 rows Mm -hmm. so you gotta get the mop and mop between every fucking row with like popcorn stuck in it so you blow it out then you gotta mop walk to it's always in the middle too never on the end it's always in the middle walk all the way to the middle mop that part walk all the way back to the row or the aisle walk down to the middle of the next row mop all the way down, sometimes 20 rows. And then the popcorn's in there, then you gotta kinda let it dry, and then blow it out again to get all the popcorn out. Maybe I cared too much, Brad. Maybe I cared too much. <sighs> that was miserable, but at least I got free movie tickets. Yeah, it's all worth it. I was able to be like, to uh, Leslie, that's 
my wife, you might know her. Like, hey, want to go see The Matrix? I got free tickets. I seem pretty badass. It was badass. Well, you had an inside view of the business, the biz, the movie biz. We could go see any movie we wanted at any time, even after hours. That's pretty kick-ass. Yeah, that is kick-ass. The after-hour movies were special. Oh, shit, man. You'd be going in there and people would be walking by like, well, what are those guys doing? How do they get to be in there? We're just going to dial up Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas or Lost Highway and just watch yeah, that's it. that's all. No big deal. <laughs> so cool. Not cool enough to want to go back to it, though. Yeah. I'll just pay for the movie and watch it whenever. I just... I, when was the last all-nighter you pulled? Like, working on something? Oh, Jesus. I have no idea. 98. Maybe. Really, it's been that long, huh? Even in the last, like, ten years, there's never been a time when it's, like, I must get this done, and time has run out, and now I must work until it is complete. That has not happened to you in ten years? No. Wow. Now, would I have done an all-nighter? Like, if I've done an all-nighter, it would be more in the vein of, like, voluntary. Right, right. And I can't say that I haven't done one of those or at least come pretty close. I, but yeah, I live such a fucking boring life, my fucking God. I actually pulled a double all-nighter at work, like my regular job. Like you just stayed in your office for 48 hours? Correct. I mean, I... That's pretty hardcore. I mean, I went pee, you know? Sure. But yeah, I just stayed there. Like, I got there really early in the morning... On like a Tuesday or something. People filtered into the office. Into their cubes. I'm working, I'm working, frantically editing. People filtered out at 5pm, 6pm. It's empty. I'm still there. Editing, editing, editing. All night. <laughs> till the morning. People filter back in. The same people. To the same cubes. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> They filter away at 5 p.m., 6 p.m. I'm still there, fucking editing. It just gives you kind of like a God's eye view. It does. It's a strange perspective. And I'm not sure how to feel about it. Like, on one hand, it reinforces, you know, an idea that we've shared in the past, like, sleep. Sleep is such a time suck. And I kind of hate it. And, I mean, I love it. Don't get me wrong. I I would rather only be sleeping. But it also sucks. And it's such a waste. Eating is a big time suck, too. Ooh, let's eat. Let's keep eating. Oh, it's time right, to let's eat. Prepare. Let's prepare food. Let's prepare it. Let's eat it. Now we eat let's it. Let's clean it. Let's clean it. Yeah. Let's shit it out, you know? Now you have an hour until it's time to start cooking again. <laughs> right. And... Just in case you thought you were done, you gotta go shit it out now, too. Don't forget about that. Today's is pushing out yesterday's. Yeah, time sucks. Meanwhile, I wasn't doing any of that. I mean, I think some... My wife, you might know her name's Leslie, I think brought me food once or twice. But, like, I wasn't leaving. I was just working. And it's like... All you assholes are out there, like, what are you doing? Nothing. You're not working. 
This is working. Right, it gives such a different perspective on time. It does. Now, meanwhile, after about 13 hours, I was probably only about 7% efficient. <laughs> so right. I should have just stopped. And, you know, if I would have worked 16 hours out of that 48, it would have been wildly more efficient than working 48 straight. But there you have it. But yeah, that was at like an actual, like my, the job I still have, that was at my actual like office job. But I don't know, man. Probably if I would have gone home and gone to bed and then come back, it would have been more productive. But it really seemed at the time like I must get this out because I think I had to have it out the next morning or that day and it wasn't done. So I couldn't, right. it seemed like like not a possibility to well, go and it's to probably sleep. one of those things where it's like I'm just guessing here cuz this is how these will usually tend to happen it's like okay if I just stay up late I can get this done yes and then it's the next morning it's sunrise people are starting to come into the office like okay I'm not done yet cuz a bunch of shit is like happened crashes and you know and software. my productivity went down to 7% at some point i didn't plan that but <laughs> i'm here now i'm here now let me just power through a couple more hours we'll be done i'll be done by and then noon like 10 hours later it's like fuck you're still not there but i'm so close i can't yeah it's like end let it me now. just fit it what's the point of just going home let me just finish it up <laughs> yes that's yeah, no, you're just stuck there. Exactly, exactly I know those, right. Yeah, I know those types of things. It's exactly right. But, you know, you can't, it's like your past self being so dumb. You can't know at Hindsight's like, 2020, man. It is. You don't know at midnight the first night that it's going to take you an additional, you know, 26 hours or whatever. Yeah. Like, you're not even if close. If you knew, you could, like, maybe pace yourself. Then, yeah, you then know? you would go home and go to sleep. Like, no, even if you work all night and all through the next day, you're not going to finish. Just somebody tell me that. But anyway, I don't do that anymore. I just say there's no point, and I go to sleep. And I will yeah. deal with the consequences. Because dealing with whatever consequences there's going to be off of, like, a widget not shipping the day it's supposed to who gives a fuck that consequence is much more desirable than not having a full night's sleep at this point which is kind of shameful yeah but at the same time just fuck it man yeah fuck it you know can't worry about that shit right exactly life goes on i'm with you i'm with you I mean, I kind of wish, like, I kind of wish there was something I would, like, be invested in like that or care enough about that I'm like, shit, I have to get this done. I'm going to stay up all night to do it because this is the chance. It's the one chance we have to make a difference. That day may come again. Yeah. But, like, now it's just like, yeah, getting this done in time, I'd (laughs) rather just not do it and deal with those consequences and just go to sleep. Okay. I mean, it's true. So No, it's completely true. But you do want something that means enough to you that you'll stay up. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of, I mean, granted, it's one of these things where it's like, be careful what you wish for, you know? 
because I'm I also see myself like staying up, you know, it's, I'm reaching like hour 36 and I'm like, this is fucking stupid. I should have just went back to not caring about anything and sleeping, but I don't know. Well, it depends on the results coming out the other end, I guess. Yeah. I just have to, I just shouldn't be so afraid. Why don't we see what happens if, well, let me correct that. Why don't we see what happens when 36 hours from now we're still recording this episode? I had a feeling you'd say that. <laughs> I have a feeling I can't even, I can't even. You can at least get to, okay, 36, fine. I know we're old now, but we can get to 24 hours, right? Just all the way through the night. Again, the sun will be coming up. We'll be recharged. We'll have a new lease well, on I life. I won't even have any idea. I'm in my hot box. Oh, well. The air's already getting fucking thin in here. There's probably an app you could get. Yeah, probably. You know, or some little chrome window that depicts the sun. I can look up some webcam somewhere. Yeah, there you go. There's some bald eagle cams out there. They nested in the arbor arboretum. That's how you say that in DC. And that'll have some accurate depictions of you know, the rising and setting of the sun. But anyway, we can get to 24 hours, right? It's not so bad. Yeah, maybe. All right, 12 hours. Come on. I would settle for... We're not exactly lightweights, Brad. 12 hours. All right, fine. 12 hours. So we just go until tomorrow morning, and then we're going to have to take the rest of the week off of work. Right, maybe a month. <laughs> maybe a month. I mean, I just got like better. This is going to shut my body back down again. This is going to fuck you over big time. But it's for the listener, Brad. It's for the listener. We're going to be at the end of 12 hours. <laughs> It'll be like hit stop. It's like error writing file. Right. It's like, oh well. Error compiling movie. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> Should have been live streaming. I keep checking. I'm recording, so that's good. Um, Big Lebowski, I, I have some... <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this is the last chance, so let's get him out of the way. Oh, boy. Um, well, this kind of... Yeah, Rasputin and the Empress. I don't know if you saw this note here. I put it in the document. No, I didn't see Rasputin that. Rasputin and the Empress. Okay. So Rasputin and the Empress is a 1932 film about Imperial Russia. Starting the, st sorry, starring the Barrymore siblings, John as Prince Chegodif, <laughs> Ethel as Tsarina Alexandra, and Lionel Barrymore, that's a lot of Barrymores, as, man, those Barrymores go way back, don't they? As Grigory Rasputin, it is the only film in which all three siblings appear together. Okay. So the film's inaccurate portrayal of Prince Felix Yusupov, Yusupov and his wife Princess Irina, renamed Prince Chegod and Princess Natasha, caused a historically significant lawsuit against MGM and gave rise to the all persons fictitious disclaimer that's in quotes 
which has since become standard in Hollywood works of I fiction. See. So there's the genesis of That's that. That's the genesis of it. Um, so apparently there was, you know, this story was based on real people, like real Russian uh, aristocrats, royalty, mm-hmm. whatever. And they portrayed or implied, I think they didn't portray, they implied... Well, they have different names, right? It was Prince Chego Diev. right. Instead of Prince Felix Yusupov. Right. So, like, yeah, they changed the names. Changed the names, and they implied some sort of rape of her in the movie. And this upset them very much, I guess. Um, here, we can read it. The model for Princess Natasha was, like we said, Princess Irina Yusupov, the wife of Felix Yusupov, one of Gregory Rasputin's actual murderers. Attorney Fanny Holzman filed a lawsuit by Yusupov against MGM in 1933, claiming invasion of privacy and the libel. The film portrays her as a victim of Rasputin, and it is implied that he raped her, which never happened. She won an award of $127,373 in an English court, and an out-of-court settlement with MGM, reportedly, of $250,000 in New York. Now, I've heard that that out-of-court settlement with MGM was a million, so there's kind of conflicting reports. We don't know. It's out of court, but different reports on that. Anywhere from a quarter of a mil to a mil in the 30s. So, that's hefty. And that's the genesis of, you know... One of the last things we see in this movie. Now, that's a revisit. It's not this minute, but that's kind of where that starts. Which is weird, because, like, they're just putting it there. They don't mean it. Like, this movie, like we discussed, it is actually based on actual people, and some of it is intended. (laughs) But they just put it they there. They just put and it like, there. Putting that there really stop you from having a lawsuit? No. I mean, I guess it does. I don't know. It seems weird. It doesn't. It's, it seems like this happened. It's just putting it there so people they see said, it and they're like, well, we can't sue because it's there. It has no legal like, let's protection. Let's put it there. And no one has since tried to sue over their portrayal in a movie, I guess. But I don't think that's true. Have For they? them to test it. Like, it... <laughs> It it's not like any legal protection. They just put it there. It's just words, man. <laughs> well, like what about a movie like so recently this Steve Jobs movie came out, I, the one with uh, I'm sure it has this Fastbender, which everyone and I which I haven't seen. Me either. It's Danny but Boyle. But they made a big deal about how oh this is so made up and it's nothing like Steve Jobs. Does that have a carry of like a disclaimer at the end? It's I'm like by the sure. way. This shit is just fictitious, and any resemblance to the real Purely people is coincidental. just coincidental. I'm sure. It just so happens to be called Steve Jobs. <laughs> and it just so happens to talk about all of the products that Apple he computer. invented and yeah. Apple computers. But, hey, Apple computers is just a thing we fucking made up, man. We No. It, it was just coincidence. It's just coincidence, man. <laughs> Yeah, they literally just put it there. It doesn't mean anything. Which is crazy that and that it goes back to a movie in the fucking 30s. And ever since they just put it there cuz maybe it'll help. And I yeah, guess it, it did like 
all of a sudden nobody sues movie studios anymore for libel because they put the words there? That's weird, man. It's a weird fucking world. Do documentaries have that? It's a good point. You know, a modicum of research would have answered that question. Yeah, I mean, they well, they might not have it, but they might have some protection in the sense of, like, if it's like a journal, like, that they're being journalistic. Well, you know what? Here. And that might give them some protection. I have, one of the movies I have in my iTunes library right now is The Devil and Daniel Johnston. Now, clearly, that is based on a real person. So let's see, Jesus, that's an upsetting image. Let's see if they put that disclaimer at the end of it. There's a lot of music in this movie. Very special thanks. This motion picture is protected. Yip Jump LLC. No, they do not put that at the end of this. Which was a documentary. Which was, in fact, a documentary. Yes. Starring Daniel Johnston. Because that would be, that would really be the icing on the cake. (laughs) If it's a documentary about Daniel Johnston starring Daniel Johnston and they put that there, that'd be fucked up. So as it stands, it's only like mostly fucked up, not totally fucked up. It still just seems some kind of like bureaucratic legal nonsense. It is. It's dumb. The Barrymores are all caricatured in the Mickey Mouse cartoon. Mickey's gala premiere costumed as they appear in this movie. The, uh, hopefully, uh, Disney added that it was just co- completely coincidental. I hope so. In their credits. I hope so. Lest the Barrymore siblings, uh, go all legal on their asses. You know, what's funny is that movie came out in 1933, and the movie in question came out in... 1932, so only one year later, and Disney had done all that animation and made this movie, I guess, kind of poking fun at the Barrymores for some reason. Or at least just name-dropping them. Well, it says caricatured. Yeah, I guess. Doesn't that kind of imply a little, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I suppose so. Poking fun? I suppose, I suppose that's true. So the film grossed a total of $1.379 million. So depending on your report... So it still made money. Anywhere from 300 to 250 But that's a gross. When you, so when you minus out the, the lawsuit, legal fees. And well, yeah. production fees, but can't imagine those were too stiff back then. Oh, nope. Resulting in a loss of one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars. Okay. Somehow, I know about that math. Well, yeah, I guess the. I think this Wikipedia art article is woefully undersourced, but I think it was a million-dollar lawsuit, and then production fees were half a mil or something, so they lost. A cool 185k. Um, I do. I think I have another revisit here. Okay. If we're done with Rasputin and the Empress. Sure. Let's 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 put that to bed. 
Um, no, I'm sorry. I have a visual slash reflective surface. That's not a revisit? That's not a revisit. Okay, there's a visual slash reflective service Note. surface here in the credits. Yeah. I, I have no idea what it means now, so. <laughs> okay. But I'll, I'll just say the words that I wrote. Say it. Maybe maybe it'll just suddenly come to Maybe. Me. MPAA logo, 1967 to present. Maybe you wrote this one. I actually wrote it. What does that. it mean? I thought I wrote it, but. Well. Has it changed? Um, has it undergone a an evolution, a metamorphosis? Well, it's gone an evolution. It has gone on an. Ev- there has been an evolution, kind of like the Universal Studios logo, which but, I do need to revisit. But you go first. Okay. Well, well, well. It from 1967 to present, it's been the same. Huh. It's it's changed before, <laughs> previously. Um. I, I don't know really that there's much to say about it. It's just, it is an interesting logo. Well, any design element that's, you know, like 50 years old, I just, you know, I'm off the cuff in this kind of thing, but you could think maybe it could use an update. It could use an update, but it, it definitely, it seems kind of strange and alien. But at the same time, it does, now it's gotten so old, it kind of gives it some class or something, I think. It's just interesting this logo has been used for over 50 years, almost 60. So if you look at this logo, what do you see? I mean, you could describe it just visually, just surface, but then, you know, what does it represent? So I guess on the surface, it's a collection of two ellipses. Two kind of vertically squashed ellipses, um, both of which are the same height, but the inside one is slightly less wide than the outside one, and there's a horizontal line going through them with a perfect circle in the middle with four reverse color perfect circles inside that circle with with one filled white circle in the middle of those yes that's the best i can do well it to me it's like a it's the earth yeah i would agree it's like a globe like a squashed globe with a film reel in the center right uh, for some reason a four four film reels no, one film reel. How was how was the four circles? Well, didn't a lot of film reels have those like four circles on them? I just maybe the proportions are off though for that. Well, the proportions are off the same way the I mean again, it's communicating something, right? I mean, I guess a film reel isn't as wide as the earth. So, yeah, the proportions are off. But I mean, nice you know, note, it's, asshole. It's... <laughs> I mean, it's creating a powerful kind of, like, image, I think. You know, look, staring at it here like this, I don't know. I like it. I can really start to appreciate. And, like, you're right. The way it's, like, the negative space on that film reel. Like, because my brain starts just looking at the positive space, like the whites. And so how there's, like, really, like, circles and then these 
little kind of like wedge shapes on the mm-hmm. sides coming mm-hmm. in. It starts to like play with your brain, but then all of a sudden you realize, no, it's just four circles, and that's the what's left out over. Right, it's left over. Yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a film. It's reel. a film reel, but I, I just I don't think generally film reels had four. Like, I would say there were more like eight sometimes, and they weren't generally okay. circles, or maybe on the inside. Okay, maybe on the they've taken creative liberty, probably. I I get it. Like, yes. On the inside, there were these circles, but they have... Well, maybe this whole thing, though, is the film reel, and the outside, what we assumed was the globe, is like the empty, like, you know, the triangles that would be cut out. Right. Which would be on the outside of the film reel, and they'd be bigger. And then on the inside, there'd be these circles. And then on the very inside, where you would put the um, proboscis. That's twice. I said proboscis. Good job. Proboscis. And you'd put it on the projector itself. And that would be that interior white circle. And outside of that, there'd be four. But then on the very outside, would be the huge uh, empty triangle spaces. So maybe... Well, in that case, it's a very clever logo, right? Because it you know, gives the impression of the globe... And some, you know, hyper abstract well, film reel. Yeah. And it also kind of looks like an eye. Watching over the entire industry, making sure they right. don't do anything too untoward. They don't pirate anything. You wouldn't want to pirate anything? You what, You wouldn't want if, to depict white slavery? So white slavery no. shall not be treated in any movie. Uh, miscegenation, sex relationships between the white and black races, is forbidden in any movies that this eye is watching over. FYI. Okay, good to know. Um, small communities, remote from sophistication and from the hardening process, which often takes place in the ethical and moral standards of larger cities, are easily and readily reached by any sort of film. So... You gotta watch out for the small communities. Right. They're remote from the sophistication and from the hardening process. <laughs> I mean, these are words from the MPAA standards. Their their first set of standards, which I couldn't like I was too fascinated and I spent about an hour and a half just reading through all the shit and just trying to process it that I don't know if any of this is still in their verbiage. I can't imagine it is, but stranger shit has happened, I guess. (laughs) White slavery shall not be treated. God forbid we show that. Black slavery. Hey, cool as shit. Go nuts, man. Just put it in there. We love it. White slavery, though? Fuck you. No. (laughs) What the fuck, Brad? Well, imagine how all these people in small (laughs) communities that haven't gone through the hardening process. I mean, if you haven't been processed from a hardening perspective, yeah, I guess it could really upset you. We wouldn't want to do that. No, it's all about the profit in the the end. (laughs) Yeah. 
remote from sophistication and from the hardening process, which often takes place in the ethical and moral standards of larger cities. I mean, this... It's a hell of a read, Brad. Did you go through it at all? Um, I read... Kind of like I didn't. No, I I read like a similar kind of uh, synopsis on Wikipedia that mentioned some of these points. Although I didn't see the whole thing about the hardening process. Yeah, kind of makes me want to. Uh, yeah, I gotta check it out. You should move to a large city, Brad. You need to get a little hardened, perhaps. I don't know. I I may I may be too late for me. I'm so unhardened at this don't point. Don't say that. Don't say that. That's not true. It's never too late, Brad. It just isn't. They actually... They mentioned the white slavery thing more than once. I put this link in there, so... That'll be a treat for the listener, but... Um, there's some other gems in there, too. I really wanted to take, you know, 20 to 30 minutes and just read through the whole thing. Children's sex organs. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> does that really need to be put in writing? <laughs> like, you can't show people drinking booze. Like, do you really need to articulate, like, don't have child porn in your movie? <laughs> that needs to be something. You say, pointed profanity by either title or lip by either title or lip. This is, And this is the first one. This is point number one. Pointed profanity by either title or lip. <laughs> this includes the words God, Lord, Jesus, Christ, unless they be used reverently in connection with proper religious ceremonies. Hell, damn, God, G-A-W-D, and every other profane and vulgar expression, however it may be spelled. And this is resolved, that those things which are included in the following list shall not appear in pictures produced by the members of this association, irrespective of the manner in which they are treated. The illegal traffic in drugs. Doesn't matter, even if you like portray it as bad. Can't show it. Any inference of sex perversion. Now that's fairly broad. Like what's their definition of perversion as it relates to sex, do you think? In 19... Maybe it just... Whatever, 27. Yeah. I mean, maybe they just meant, uh, you know, showing gay or lesbians. Right. Who knows what. That could have been what they really just meant there. Girl on top might be a little Someone crazy. Someone that really wanted to, like, you know, a panty sniffer, maybe. Maybe. I'm saying girl on top because you can't put women in a position of power in 1927, you know? Yeah. Well, no one, maybe no one would even think of that at Too that time. Too fucking so it crazy. didn't even have to be written right. down. You got to write down, don't show child's sex organs, but... I think we all get that women shouldn't be on top. Scenes of actual childbirth, in fact or in silhouette. So if you were going to have a silhouetted 
birthing scene in your movie. You're fucked. Ridicule, Brad. Ridicule of the clergy. Can't show it. Can't talk about it. Can't show it. Ridicule of the clergy. That was 1927. 90 years ago. It's almost a century ago. That's not that long ago, really. There's people that were alive long before that, that are still alive now. You know, it's not that long ago. Willful offense to any nation, race, or creed. This is clearly pre-WW2. Because <laughs> I think by, you know, 46, 47, it was like, no, it's okay to tell Germany to go fuck themselves for a little while. That's all right, just for a little while. Just for a couple of years. Sorry, German listeners, but you know what I'm talking about. The use of the flag, you know? Can't do that. Arson. Don't show any arson. <laughs> the use of firearms. The use of firearms. Would we have any movies today if you couldn't show well, the use of firearms? It's not saying you can't show it. It says special care must be exercised. Okay. We splitting hairs here? So we have the use of the flag. Like no one's saying we shouldn't show a flag. It's just saying we have to have the use of the flag be appropriate. Be, yes. No flag burning, Take no trampling care. on the flag. Don't let it yeah, touch so, the ground. Don't, right. So if you're going to depict firearms. Don't cast a sidelong glance at it. Yeah. Don't. Don't show. Don't have your knuckles be white with inner tension as you stare at it. Don't piss on it. Don't shit on it. Probably don't have black people touch it. You know, wouldn't want that. Oh, 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 oh. well, seriously. <sighs> I was just looking at the next one. Theft. Theft, robbery, <laughs> safe, safe cracking. cracking, and dynamiting of trains, mines, buildings, etc. Having in mind the effect which a too detailed description of these may have upon <laughs> the moron they have upon the moron oh my goodness you know i read that one but i got as far as safe cracking and dynamiting of trains mines and buildings and i had to move on and i wish i would have <laughs> continued because i was too taken with the fact that like safe cracking was apparently a scourge of the 20s right well dynamiting of trains trains man now, you can dynamite people. Fine. Don't you go dynamiting mines now. Meanwhile, it doesn't, like, in every Western, a mine get dynamited at some point? Well, again, they took the special care. <laughs> okay. There wasn't a two-detail <laughs> description that might, uh, you know, have an effect upon the moron. And they really say, you know, the moron. They're not talking about not, morons. They're, we all know who they're talking about. We're talking about the moron. Everybody's got one in their life. We know who they are. Who he he is. Who he is, probably. Which really means who she is. Effect <laughs> upon the moron. Oh, my God. Keep reading. Brutality and possible gruesomeness. Possible gruesomeness. They're really leaving it open. 
Yes, the technique of committing murder by whatever method. <laughs> Methods of smuggling. What? Methods of smuggling? What about number nine? Number nine? Hmm. Wow. Third degree methods. Third degree methods. You got to use care, you know, in how you treat they mean third like, degree like, methods. Like, oh, they gave them the third degree. Is that what that means? Or like questioning someone? Third degree murder? I I kind of like third degree, giving him the third degree, but what does that even mean? Where does that come from? Third degree. He's giving him the third degree. Then, yeah, third degree methods. It has to do with uh, methods of questioning. It has to do with torture. Third degree. So, so torture. But, uh, like, a detective scene where the bare light bulb is there shining in the guy's face, and it's like, where were you on the night of Tuesday the right. 17th? Can't show that? You have to be careful how you treat it? Well, I think if you... Because it's too upsetting? It would, or That's where you'd start, like, breaking the guy's fingers one by one until he talked or something. Like a Syriana thing with George Yeah, Clooney. like, if you're going to start torturing him to get him to give up the info, Can't... that would be a third-degree method, it sounds like. Okay. All right. I guess so. Actual hangings or electrocutions as legal punishment for crime. Be careful in the manner. I don't know what they mean. <laughs> what they mean by the word actual. Uh, what number is this? Ten. Oh, actual. So be that special care be exercised in the manner in which the following subjects are treated. To the end, the vulgarity and suggestiveness may be eliminated and that good taste may be emphasized. So, take special care with actual hangings or electrocutions as legal punishment for crime. Which both of those things still were in this country in 1927? Probably, I think, but but it's actual might be the word. Like, be careful if you're going to actually show an actual hanging, like in a documentary. We're not saying or... you can't do it. <laughs> Just be careful. Use some common sense if you're going to show a person actually get electrocuted. Right, if you're going to actually kill somebody for the sake of your movie by hanging them or electrocuting them, just take care with how you portray it so the vulgarness might be avoided. I would be interested to see some of the movies that they made before this that made them like have to write this. Right. Out. They got to live in like the Lord of the Flies film world of no rules, like no holds like people barred. People were making movies, snuff films, showing surgical operations and children's uh, sex organs, detailed descriptions of how to dynamite a train, white slavery everywhere. Let's concentrate on what's really important, you know? Oh my god, sympathy for criminals. <laughs> There's a lot of like respect the law. 
you're not allowed to say anything bad about the system. In right, this, about institutions, right. about clergy or police officers or... Attitude toward public characters and institutions. Yeah. <laughs> Apparent cruelty to children and animals. Branding of people or animals. But nothing about robots. Fuck those robots, you know? You know, Metropolis. You're like, fuck this guy. Made the whole world stand still? Bullshit. The sale of women or of a woman selling her virtue? They don't have any virtue. Oh, they got me on that one. Rape or attempted rape? Okay, Brad, what about this? First night scenes? Is that like first night of your wedding night? Wouldn't that just be covered by sex? First night scenes. Or is that like New Year's Eve? You're not allowed to show New Year's Eve or be careful how you show New Year's Eve. First night scenes. I don't know. First night being hyphenated. Maybe it means, yeah, maybe it does mean like, uh, it must mean like first wedding night, like wedding, or like, you know, maybe they just mean like, Maybe that term just means anything, like the first time you may have, like, relations with a member of the opposite sex. Maybe that was a term. That was the first night. Virginal scenes? Yeah. Deflowering scenes. I don't know. But again, wouldn't that just be covered by sex? Yeah, you'd think. They just want to be really specific. First night scenes. First night scenes. Nothing nothing on YouTube. Like, nothing on... uh, Google that makes sense. What about first night in quotes, in quotation marks, whatever. Um, nomenclature <laughs> or etymology. How about that? And then I don't know if you got to all the way down to 25. Oh, here. Oh, you got something? Please, please just tell me. Well, when I did first night in Google, I don't know how I got it. But there was like, it came up with some, yeah, here, like if you type first night scenes and then put your cursor between night and scenes and type a space, you then get Google suggestions and it says first night romantic scenes, first night scenes, first night scenes in English movie, first night scenes from Telugu movies. So you have movies there and not films? Oh, I, okay, I see. I just wrote first night scene. Did you put the space yeah. after first or before night? Neither. I put it between night and scene. Oh, okay. I put it. So I put it between the hyphen and night, and I got first night scenes, first night scenes in an English movie, first night scenes from Telugu movies, first night scenes in Telugu films. Yeah. But you put it after. Well, it seems like these Telugu movies use the term first night to mean. Like a, a uh, yeah, like a passionate scene between two people. But are they virgins? I think it just might mean the first night between two people. Virgin or otherwise, it's just. Yeah, I think. Oh, this, I'm not sure. This guy's kissing a belly button here and the porn music comes on. Are you but seeing again, this? These are all Til- Tiluju movies. Which, what, they're Indian it yeah, I think it so. Appears. 
Is there going to be nudity in this? She's groaning seductively. Now there's a cartoon? The fuck? My career in Telugu cinema will change post Serenoidu, <laughs> says Adi. They keep cutting away to this, like, monitor or something that has... What is this? They're trying to keep it together. They don't, you know, it's a first night scene, but they're taking care. They're actually following this. I don't know if it's a video they're game. They're tastefully cutting to the cartoons on the monitor. <laughs> um, They remain fully clothed so far, so. But there was a man and woman in bed together. Oh, he just got on his motorcycle, though. You know what that means. He's going to ride that thing into a fucking tunnel. <laughs> there are bottles, glass bottles of soda erupting as if they've been shaken and just opened. There's three really? of them on a counter exploding wow. their frothy contents. <laughs> That's followed right on the heels of the man... Curiously, driving his motorcycle in reverse away from the camera, cut to three bottles of soft drink exploding frothily. And then the disappointed man in the background. Humiliated. <laughs> well, it's our last episode, so we gotta put a fucking link to this shit. Might as well. We'll link to some Telugu softcore porn. Well, can it be considered With porn? Exploding? No, not There's really. not even nudity in it. I don't know what you but would call this. It does have this. those exploding soda bottles. It has bottles. exploding soda bottles and reverse driving motorcycles, but... Is it Telugu? Telugu, oh, it would be a first night scene. That's the preferred nomenclature, is it not? Yes. Yes, it is. Now we know. See, you learn something, not just about Lebowski, but about Telugu cinema here. Uh, let's see. What about, um, what do you have to say about Randall Ballsmeyer? <laughs> Randall Ballsmeyer? Yeah, Randall Ballsmeyer. <laughs> I uh, don't know. Who's Randall's Ballsmeyer? Well, it's, there's just one of him, but he did the title design. He and his company, um, Big Picture, BigFilmDesign.com. He did the title design. So, you know, all of that cool ass font from the beginning with like the oh, okay. mesquite font and the monoline type and the crazy ass like 1950s bowling style fonts like he did all of that title design the big Lebowski yeah yeah yeah. he's done a lot of the Coen Brothers movies dating back to um I don't know if he did Fargo he did uh, maybe this was his first one probably should have had this uh, down, anyway, if you go to bigfilmdesign.com, you can see their list of clients, and the Coen brothers are on there many, many times. 
I I think the first Coen Brothers movie he worked on was Barton Fink, actually. 91. Ah, Barton Fink. Yep. 91. No, I'm sorry. Miller's Crossing. Jesus. Okay. Yep. The Coen Brothers were on a tear there in 90-91. They did Miller's Crossing and Barton Fink in back-to-back years. Yeah, Miller's Crossing, Barton Fink. Um, Pretty sure he did the Hudsucker Proxy. Yes, the Hudsucker Proxy. Fargo. He did do Fargo. Big Lebowski. Uh, a bunch of others. Intolerable Cruelty, etc., etc. Inside Lewin Davis. I think he did Hail Caesar, even. Um, yep, did that one. So he's been working for a while. Those are some, uh, yes. And not just Coen Brothers shit, but like, man, he has, um, 176 credits as Miscellaneous Crew, most of which are title designer. So. I wonder how many, uh, all-nighters he pulled. You know, I would like to think that as a fucking professional and not a amateur like we are, that he doesn't do that. That he's able to manage his time, bill for it, and schedule it in a way that that doesn't become a reality for him ever. I hope so. I hope hope you're right. That's how it should be. That's all I have to say about Randall Ballsmeyer. The music fades out abruptly uh, when you Skyped me earlier, almost yesterday at this point. I was recording, and I'll put a link to this audio also. Maybe I'll put it on YouTube or something. They'll probably take it down. Because something wasn't adding up. I, I YouTube Sean Colvin's, I guess this is a revisit. Well, not really. It's in this minute, too, or this 12 seconds. I YouTubed and Spotified. It wasn't on Spotify, but I YouTubed Sean Colvin's Viva Las Vegas. Uh-huh. And it's like four minutes and 51 seconds long. But it's only in this credit sequence for about three minutes. Okay. So I'm like, all right, that's interesting. Well, they did some creative editing. They did some creative editing, but the YouTube version I found said Sean Colvin, Viva Las Vegas, long version. I was like, hmm, so maybe there's a short version out there. So anyway, I recorded, I played the YouTube version and the version in the credits simultaneously, and when she gets to the second verse, they diverge. And I'm not sure, I couldn't hear an edit, and that's the kind of thing I I do sometimes I got to cut up music. So I feel like I can notice that, especially if like I'm looking for it and I know where the edit should be. I didn't really hear it. Kind of have to maybe go back and look at it, but I feel like this is a different version of the song maybe. And maybe they didn't just edit it. They they may have faded it out prematurely, but I don't feel like they cut and spliced it, but it does fade out kind of abruptly. Kind of like how we should end this podcast. At the end of all 118 episodes, just just cut it off. Yeah. End it abruptly. Poop deck. It's the final poop deck.
Well, we did it. 118 minutes. From the Universal logo up through the first gut punch of the Jesus, the second gun punch of the botched handoff, Mod's vaginal art, Jackie Treehorn, Sticks, Joss Whedon, errant joints, angelic Uzi bullets, problematic hairs, two-inch pigeons. I, I think it's safe to say we arrived here at the end as different people than we were, what, over three and a half years ago when we started this journey. Now, if nothing else, maybe we're ready to let go of the potato, float in the stew, maybe climb out of the bowl. I guess you just gotta stay tuned to this channel to see if there's any updates. And we have to thank all our tremendous listeners and mm-hmm. guests. Mm-hmm. Hearing from you guys made it all worth it. It's thank true. you guys so much for going on this journey with us. We're both, and I'm speaking for myself and Adam here. I think of childhood friends and the dreams we had. We're both, on a personal level, really enormous fans of yours. It's true. I prefer that you called me Seth, but... Um, hey, well, you can't get it all. That about does her. Wraps her all up. Things seem to have worked out pretty good for us. And it was a pretty good story, don't you think? So the story goes. Made me laugh to beat the band. Mm. Parts, anyway. We did face our own mortality. We lived happily forever. Come face to face with the aquatic monkey boy. Hope you'll stay with us and join us for the next stage of our voyage. Keep this channel open. Post updates. I happen to know that there's another gutter ball on the way. Guess that's the way the whole Dern podcast thing keeps perpetuating itself. Down through the seasons, westward the wagons, across the sands of time until we... (laughs) Look at me. Brad, I'm rambling again. Well, I hope you folks enjoyed yourselves. Catch you later on down the trail. Say, Brad, you got any more of that good stuff?